Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leia, KN6NWZ. It is time to once again talk about the radios and many other things. So let's get started, shall we? Hello, Leia. How has your week been? My week has been busy. Yes, you have been busy. Yeah, this is... Back to the quarterly grind. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm very tired right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to just go ahead and drink Mm. my way into energy. That's, uh, (laughs) you know, we just can't do the things we used to do when we were in our 20s. I know. It just doesn't work. The secrets, the the tried and true tested secrets that we used to depend on do not work this way. You know what's really funny? I saw a video, um, talking about, uh, an LA 31 versus uh, well, like an Ohio 31 or a Minnesota 31. Wow, these are some hot generalizations we're throwing out. Okay, and it's it's like if you're a Minnesotan 31, mm-hmm. that's you're an adult. You, you probably got a oh, mortgage like kid, and a kid. Like one, if not two kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right? I see but where then, we're going and, with this. In LA, if you told somebody that you were getting married, buying a house, and having kids at 31, some people might tell you, you're too young. <laughs> you're, just, you're not ready. <laughs> you're just not ready. I mean, a lot of people that are 31 in the LA area, mm-hmm. they're just renting. They don't mm-hmm. own nothing. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, I can see where it's kind of like you got to lay some roots down somewhere, kind of. Oftentimes, that's the the old-timey way of, of saying you're ready for the family. You got to find a place to mount your antenna. Yeah, right? Can't be in an HOA. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know that given the climate we're in, it's even realistic anymore for uh, to, to have... To own? Yeah. In LA? <laughs> well, I mean, in lots of parts of the country. So. Sure, sure, sure. You sure. know what? Make make your house your home. You don't, you don't need to own a house before you have kids or anything like that, or mounted antenna for that matter. <laughs> uh, oddly enough... <laughs> This is kind of an interesting side note that you brought up. I um I was looking at some salary stuff for somebody that was doing a transfer mm-hmm. from our local site to Aurora. Mm. And I expected there to be a difference in the salary, but There's you're talking you're talking not about Aurora, a, Colorado. You're talking about a very senior like a senior level manager is trans transitioning into the same level but senior level engineer, mm-hmm. just non-management uh, yeah. requirements, all technical. It's like 10k difference. Well, Colorado is really expensive now. Uh, Aurora in particular. Well, because everybody's moved from California and other expensive places in the aerospace industry to that area. And then you factor in like everybody understand Colorado, Aurora, Colorado Springs, all that have major military bases, major military contractor space and retired high level, high ranking military officers. They pull down bank in the private business, the private sector. They make a ton of money. So, you know, just keep that in mind, too. But, hey, that's not why you came here, right? Yeah. Oh, you know what else happened this week? At my work, there's uh, there's something that's controlled by radios. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and the, uh, the area in which uh, this happens, there's only two people in the Southern California area that can fix it. What? Yes. Why didn't you tell me about this? <laughs> this would have been fascinating just for me to, like, bug the guy. Yeah. Just watch me. What are you doing there? 
Oh, Baofeng. And he was You're going he, with a Baofeng in there. Okay. He was such a nice guy. It, it's it's really a remote control, uh, like it's data input that then is received by a radio on the other side. How far are we talking? Distance? Not far. Not far. Oh, it's within the building, or within yeah. your your space. Yeah. It's, yeah. Exactly. Okay. And uh, so, so I'm like, hey, uh, kid. Can you come out today? <laughs> he almost laughed at me. Yeah. And then he was like, you know what? It turns out that you are on my way to another job in the valley. Mm. I will stop by in the morning. And I was like, oh, you wow. are so you nice. Out. So nice guy. <laughs> right? Must be a ham. <laughs> yeah. I forgot to ask him. Oh, you, are you too. kidding? <laughs> How? But the repair costs like almost $1,000. Oh, so. dude. That's a lot for a Baofeng. <laughs> it was like some chip in the receiver. But anyway. And that's what it said in the invoice, right? I don't know, some chip in the receiver. It yeeted itself. Required de-yeeting. I think it was like water damage or something. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Well, welcome everybody to the Hammer No Crash Course podcast. We like to kick off the podcast with the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. And this week, <laughs> because I don't understand cold... It's my yearly reminder to tell people that live in the cold, go check your antennas. It is it is cold, though. It is cold. It's legitimately cold. So I'm cold right now. <clears throat> here's the thing to remember, okay? And actually, Nathan, a podcast co-producer or volunteer co-producer, he had the same problem. He was uh, running with a long wire antenna, I believe, and he had the matching transformer down at the base. And it just so happens that what looks like it's relatively high off the ground when it's warm is actually completely covered in ice and snow when it's cold. Oh, my God. <laughs> and because of weatherproofing, like we all put weatherproofing on, particularly if you live in cold climates, you put weatherproofing on your radio devices that are outside. What that is, you know what self-amalgamating tape is? It amalgamates itself? Itself, yes. <laughs> so it's like a rubber piece of tape that you can just, you can pick it up, sticky, 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 doesn't do any, will not stick to anything. Only itself. But when you, when it touches itself. It's like, I love myself. It's ne- <laughs> it won't stop touching itself. Okay. At that point. <laughs> so you take your coax and you screw the coax down tight. And then in the direction the coax threads go, you start wrapping around mm-hmm. this self-amalgamating tape and pulling it tight while doing it. I hope everybody loves themselves the way that self-amalgamating tape loves itself. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) So you do this, right? And then you you probably go the extra step if you're in a colder climate and you wrap uh, like 3M high-quality electrical tape on top of that for like an extra protection. Because self-amalgamating tape, while it's really good at keeping the water out. It must be 3M? I would go with a name brand in this case to just... Not like Dollar Tree? No. Please. (laughs) Maybe for like a... A week-long setup, sure, go nuts with the Dollar Tree. But if you're talking about doing it once for like a couple of years and protecting your coax line, then you got to go with the expensive stuff. What he found out was the weather, the weather stripping, or weather stripping, the weatherproofing had a failure or something, and water was able to get into the coax. Mm-hmm. There is nothing worse than getting water into your coax. Okay? Nothing. As far as feed lines go for the coax world, this is their kryptonite. Okay? Wow. There's nothing you can really do to get the water out of coax. And if you think about it, right, Mm -hmm. water wants to get into something porous and it just kind of distributes itself, right? So the 
shielding, well, not the shielding, but the membrane that goes between the center pin and the shield, that will take on water in a lot of cases. And all the little gaps, little fine areas, the water just capillary motions its way through. Well, if you think about coax, good coax really only has openings on both ends. So when you have an, a problem with water in your coax, you kind of have to just retire the coax. You've got to take it out, put it in big loops, and just hang it, make a, you know, make a big loop of it, and just hang it, and, and then just leave it. Leave it alone and hope for the best. But every time the water gets to the bottom of a loop, it's now kind of collected there. Really difficult to, to take care of coax once it gets water into it. If you ask Gordo, he will tell you it's like, I don't know, you're kind of done at that point. Um, but I know other people who have like been able to resuscitate the coax, if you will. But that's just the feed line problems. I know this, we're well past a minute at this point. This could have been just a show topic. But a lot of folks, because they're in cold climates, they'll get ice that collects on the elements of their antenna. And if the wire was maybe a solid core copper wire, that will stretch under the weight of the ice, which fundamentally will change the tuning of that antenna. It's surprisingly heavy. Oh, yeah. Well, it's water. Yeah. I mean, okay. So that will change the, the fundamental tuning. It'll change the resonance point of your antenna from season to season. And once it stretches, you can't really have it go back. So if you're in a cold climate, make sure you're using stranded copper. Maybe size up a bit so that you, you'll definitely be over your power handling needs, but you may need that handling needs for random deer strike or random ice storm. And if you've got a Yagi, make sure you are uh, – someone sent me a picture of a, a Step IR that was just completely ice and snow covered, and all the limbs were just bowed down. Most companies that sell antennas like Step IR and other things, they'll have a high wind truss kit that you can add to it that adds a, like a diagonal stabilizer that will pull the limbs up to keep them elevated so that the wind, particularly mm. ice storms, won't cause them to weigh down How and supportive. break. Very supportive. Make sure you're doing this, guys. Make sure you do this. This is literally the time where you could save yourself a, a high dollar bill in having to replace coax and your time. Make sure you're checking your weather I mean, proofing. I feel like maybe your warning's coming a bit late in the season. I, I did tell everybody to winterize their station, but if you're starting to see the characteristic signs of changing SWR, particularly when you're transmitting, when things are getting warm, or you just lose the tune completely, it's likely that it could be a bad transformer, it could be bad coax, there could be all kinds of things. And so keep that in mind that weather is a real problem, uh, particularly if you allow some of the more sensitive bits to get completely covered in snow, ice, and etc. So there you go. Leia, would you like to take a test? You would. You would. You'd like to take a test. Hmm. Leia is continuing her journey into the general question pool. Trying to get her license in 2024, everybody. It's I'm happening. in sub-element G2. I think I'm almost done with it. I'm just like you're over it. I'm done. <laughs> I didn't complete it. No, I'm just done with it. Well, it says I've seen 100% of the questions. <clears throat> In that sub element. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to do one more from G2 and see if it's something I've seen before. And if not, then we're moving on to G3. Mm. Yeah. The first question reads, what is the most common frequency shift for RIDI emissions in the amateur HF bands? A, 425 hertz, B, 85 hertz, C, 850 hertz, or D, 170 hertz? The answer is 170 hertz. So oh, I yeah. have seen this. I think you have. It's time for us to move on oh, to G3. 
radio wave propagation. Here we go. You're picking all the good ones. So I'll, the end of the year is going to suck for you. It's all going to be the boring ones. Oh, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> They're all boring. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm also kidding about that. I saw the most terrible rant the other day. Mm -hmm. Or was that today? I don't know. All the days are blurring together. I'm so tired. But uh, it was somebody had written like some editorial comment or something on somebody else's publication about uh, how ridiculous it is that, you know, they have this radio test it doesn't actually teach people how to operate radios. Oh, yeah. And the test needs to be harder. <laughs> and I'm sitting here like, like no, <laughs> please stop talking. <laughs> you know, we, we've already got, uh, we've got five gates. We really should have seven or eight gates that we should add to our, our, our gatekeeping hobby. Yeah. By the way, that was the cough button for everybody. We're still trying to find the bugs in the, in the, uh, cough button i did have a, a nice ham reach out i'm working with him he was he had some recommendations that potentially i'm using phantom power and i don't need to but i think i tested it both ways um i will test that later thank Not you smart episode. ham thank you audiophile ham <laughs> the next question reads how does a higher sunspot number affect hf propagation you must really like this section I do. Yeah. A, lower sunspot numbers generally indicate greater probability of sporadic E propagation. B, a zero sunspot number in indicates undisturbed conditions. C, higher sunspot numbers generally indicate a greater probability of good propagation at higher frequencies. Or D, a zero sunspot number indicates that radio propagation is not possible on any band. Mm. The answer is C, higher spun sunspot numbers generally indicate a greater probability of good propagation at higher frequencies. Great answer. I love the way that's written. Very succinct. All right. Covers many bases. What effect does a sudden ionospheric disturbance have on the daytime ionospheric propagation? Mm, okay. A, none, because only areas on the night side of the Earth are affected. B, it disrupts communications via satellite more than direct communications. C, it disrupts signals on lower frequencies more than those on higher frequencies. Or D, it enhances propagation on all HF frequencies. Hmm. I got this wrong. It is C, it disrupts signals on lower frequencies more than it, those on higher frequencies. Mm, that is correct. And why is that? During a solar flare, a large amount of energy, including UV and X-ray radiation, travels from the sun at the speed of light towards the daylight side of the Earth. These large bursts of radiated energy cause a sudden increase of ionization in the ionospheric layers of Earth's atmosphere. This is known as sudden ionospheric disturbance. SIDS tends to oh. enhance... Uh, that's not what I would call it. <laughs> <laughs> that's in use. That's, sometimes we got to be real aware <laughs> of the acronyms we decide to put together. Wait until the crunchy moms oh, finds no. out oh, no. that solar storms yes. could cause SIDS. Uh Sudden ionospheric disturbances tend to enhance low-frequency propagation and absorb high-frequency radiation, which appears to be the opposite of the correct answer. The most important detail 
that the question about HF radiation specifically, it is the lower end of this range, which is typically more effective. All right. Okay. Approximately how long does it take the increased ultraviolet and X-ray radiation from a solar flare to affect radio propagation on Earth? A, one to two minutes, B, eight minutes, C, 20 to 40 hours, or D, 28 days? The answer is eight minutes. Why would it take? What? Isn't it by the speed of light? Yes, but (laughs) there is uh, things that the sun does that takes longer than eight minutes. All right. How many questions am I at? I think that was four. Okay. Which of the following are the least reliable bands for long distance communications during periods of low solar activity? A, 30 meters and 20 meters. B, 80 meters and 160 meters. Mm. C, 60 meters and 40 meters. Or D, 15 meters, 12 meters and 10 meters. The answer is D, 15 meters, 12 meters and 10 meters. Got you got right. it. Nailed it. Well, Nailed it. if you'd like to study along with Leia, she's getting her general in 2024, guys. That's happening. So go to hamstudy.org, make an account there. It is free on the website to take practice exams, and it will keep a tally, a record, if you will, of how you've done, and it will suggest sub-elements and questions in your future tests to help you better practice. It this knows is what you don't do well. week three of me campaigning for ham study to be more like Duolingo. <laughs> We need an angry ham. Yes. Well, you know what? In the HRCC podcast channel, somebody posted Mm -hmm. a picture of a ham radio that could easily be made happy or angry. Yeah. Easily. There you go. That's not what you need. Yes. It's it's the friend quests, the leaderboards. Yes. And the being able to like celebrate other people's wins. It's the social aspect. Right. That those all lend itself more to me being like a CW thing, I think personally. Because, I mean, once you get your license, you're not going to come back and like continue to practice the test, right? Like, okay, I see the novelty in it for like getting your licenses. It will definitely yeah. be novel in that cases, but I don't know that it needs to be fully fleshed out in the way that Duolingo is. Week one of Josh campaigning Duolingo to put CW as a language. Put it on the map. Oh. <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious if Duolingo just does Morse code? <laughs> they we they were could. campaigning the wrong group. That's that's wild. You can make CW language. I haven't checked to see if it already is one. <laughs> wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. Well, if you like books, we do too. You can check out the Gordon West Ham Radio Test Prep books. We have. You know what's nice about the Gordon West Ham Radio that? books? They have l- links. In there, <laughs> they for, have they have links. Your videos. They have links for my videos. In yeah, there. have fun with those letters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be in the show notes. The links for Gordon West Test Prep books—they're a great time. It's how I did uh, technician in general. For extra though, I use the fast track to your ham radio series of audiobooks. I found them fantastic when I was stuck in traffic to be listening to the audiobooks or just tooling around the house, mowing the lawn, all that fun stuff. Uh, You can find links for that as well in the show notes. Well, join the conversation by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts for the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast and or emailing us at leah at hamtactical.com. Leaving a review wherever you listen to the podcast will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and the ham curious and we appreciate it. We have gotten feedback. 
direct to us, not via the uh, podcast Apple page, which is, by the way, linked in the show notes, that people have been leaving comments. And as of this week, a bunch of comments just appeared. What? I'm, yeah. I'm, t- I'm saying we recorded on the 4th. Yes. And there is a comment that appeared from the 3rd. All I'm doing is I'm going to our po- our Apple podcast website and I'm reading comments off of it. It could not be easier. I don't think we read this one, but uh, there are a number of comments we're going to go through right now. So this is from the third. <gasps> we have reviews. We do. Thank you, guys. Thank you. So this as is... long as they're good. If they're not good, no thank you. Yeah, that's right. No thank you. <laughs> I don't think I read this, but you tell me if I have. I I'm feel like kidding. we were in a massive drought for the last, you know, like since the uh, Christmas yeah, season. It's been a while. But anyway, this is from Lawyer Greg. Hey, Lawyer Greg. Come for the ham, stay for the fun. I found this podcast when I got back into ham radio last summer. I'm sure glad I did. This pod covers ham radio well. Josh really knows his stuff. But <laughs> it's the ham. <laughs> you do. You know your stuff. I'm not laughing at that. What an interesting time for a, uh, for a, a laugh break. Uh, did, not, <laughs> did not expect that. You do know your stuff. Lawyer, lawyer Greg is a funny guy. <laughs> the, the subversive jokes that he, he peppers into his, his review is really nice. But it's the ham adjacent and not so adjacent content that makes it special. Leia's preparedness corner offers some great insights and the tangents they go on and are often as informative, entertaining as the main topic, sometimes more. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. Larry. I don't think I read that one. I for sure you didn't. So this is this is now the seventh. We fast forward to the seventh from N Mott. Hey N Mott. The ham radio dynamic duo. Thank you so much for everything you do for our wonderful hobby. Thank you, you for listening. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you for listening. You two are my absolute favorite husband and wife tag team. That's amazing. You should see us in the wrestling ring. <laughs> it's kinda like us in a kayak. Yeah. <laughs> The dynamic between you two always puts me in. I had you a folding chair. I'm like, you throw it. You hit the guy. Puts me in a good mood and always keeps me coming back for more. You guys can literally talk about making your own Dawn Power Wash soap, and it keeps me entertained and laughing. Josh with That's his- a good recipe, by the way. <laughs> Uh, Save you some money. <laughs> Josh with his straightforward engineering outlook on life with the mix of Leia's charismatic jokes. You not only my favorite ham radio podcast, you are my favorite podcast, period. That's crazy. Thank you. You know, I have long thought that we should add a money saving corner to the podcast and like call it something like save your money for your radios. <laughs> How to save money for more radio? Yeah. That's not a bad idea. Every individual segment is entertaining to me, and the hosts do an amazing job engaging the audience. Even my girlfriend, who is so not a ham, loves you guys. I tune in every single Friday to learn about the crazy adventures Josh and Leah got into within their busy week. Also, I have to take the time to applaud whoever made these HRCC melodies Josh plays before every every podcast and live stream. So the melody in the beginning, that is our friend Darren. Yes. And I have been using his music for what feels like a decade. You know, it would be really funny if one year you just got like a copyright strike. We got a problem. (laughs) What's up, Darren? I can't believe you've done this. (laughs) 
Yeah. So uh, what's the right way to find his music? Uh, SoundCloud uh, Sonic D. Sonic D yeah. is now he has a wide range of music. If you are looking for more of the stuff that I play, that's going to be his older stuff. He does a lot of juke music and uh, other stuff along those lines. All electronic music. It's all good stuff. So yeah. uh, the backstory on Darren is that he is my friend from when I was in college. Yes. And he is the reason I went to so many concerts in college because he was a radio station DJ. Right. And he would get these free tickets. Mm -hmm. He ends up building up this music career. He does a lot of... Uh, work with juice juke bounce work if anybody's familiar with drum and bass and its iterations he left juke. la yeah. to move to austin wild because of <laughs> south by southwest that was yes. a big thing yeah yeah exactly so uh our loss is texas's gain indeed i have to say they put me in a complete zen state they are amazing little jingle tunes and josh please never stop playing i'll, I'll never oh stop there's so many uh, oh not just that but all of the sound drops throughout the podcast are amazing oh yeah and those are all provided you know just people send them to us you can send them to lay at hamtactical.com we're looking for a new jingle for our new movie club which we got yeah, a new episode for the club. movie club. Don't worry. We got a new movie. We told you about it last yeah. week. So hopefully we got some feedback and on that. Always, as always, thanks to Doug and Nathan for mm -hmm. their musical stylings. Mm -hmm. So talented. Just saying, I do listen to various different podcasts. Well, now I don't know what to, what to believe. And this one has been and always will be my favorite, 73. Thank you, Nick MKC1 TRB. Thank you so much, Nick. And thank you, Nick's <coughs> girlfriend. Continue. Yeah. Thanks for you the non-hams that listen. You know what? You could get your tech really easily, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. And then you'll also be able to bow the fang or fang the bow or whatever. Or boof the wang, <laughs> as Randy calls it. So this is mm, M <clears throat> Mr. O242. Hey, Mr. O. Best podcast that is both entertaining and educational. Uh, let a, you. Yet another weird like, Venn diagram of podcasts. I'm so happy right now. The I can't even. I can't even tell you how happy this makes me. The number of reviews. Oh, you, you, I, I buckle, was, buckle in. I literally was going down this. Is is the podcast not any good anymore? Did we lose the spark? Yeah. Is the lightning out of the bottle? Am I too tired? Am I not tired enough? That's a thing. <laughs> Been watching the YouTube videos for two years, and I'm now licensed as of March of this year. Congratulations! And loving it. The past six months, I've dove into the podcast and am totally hooked with lots of episodes to get caught up on. If I am driving and not on the radio, the podcast is on, studying for my general, and looking forward to my first POTA this summer. Thanks, and 73. Excellent. Thank you so much. So this is Cyber Mike in Maryland. Hey, Cyber Mike. Cyber, Cyber Mike. Subject is casual mode. <laughs> and, and they write, I owed you guys a review because HRCC has defiantly helped me along my hand. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yep. But the real reason I'm here is for the casual mode dryer and AI hilarity. Plus, Leia's laugh is infectious. At first, it reminded me of Robin on Howard Stern. But those guys have nothing on HRCC. Wow. 
Thanks for your inclusive, positive, and fun contribution to the hobby. Thank, Thank you. you, Cyber Mike in Maryland. Appreciate that. Uh, this last one is from Adam KJ5DJY. Hey, Adam. Buddy. That is a CW load. You got two J's and a Y in there. My condolences, but it's a it's a cool uh, you know what I realized? call sign for single sideband. When when talking about like CW load for call signs, mm -hmm. I think the other thing that people really need to keep into consideration is that e even if you can get a call sign with like a light CW load, mm -hmm. if the if the letters are too easily inversed, oh yeah, that's also bad. Well, so a super light CW load can actually be a problem too because sometimes people will group two of the characters together or they'll ungroup them. Yeah, or it'll just be too easy. Was that you really have two E's or, you know, is this an A? You know, it's, it's it, yeah, it can get, it can get weird. But in the case of J, J is like my least, it's in my name and it's my least favorite. Checks out. Morse code letter. It is dit, da, da, da. It's a lot of, uh. It, it does that dit in the front to think, oh, this is going to be a fast one. But nope, then it slows everything down with three da's. Makes you feel bad. I love the HRCC podcast. Jason and Leia are the best. <laughs> I always look forward to the next episode, <laughs> listening to them is entertaining and informative. It feels like I'm hanging out with good friends. It is ham heaven for your ear holes. Oh, thank you, Jason. Adam, you son of a... <laughs> you read that so well, Jason. Thank you. Jason did read that well. Hope he's doing well in Texas. <laughs> Well, we appreciate everybody who drops us a review, and we do apologize for the uh, nuttiness that Apple Podcasts sometimes does. This has happened before where they'll, like, hide comments for some reason, and then they'll all just drop them. We don't know why they do that, and there's no rhyme or reason to it, but hey— here we are, and we really do appreciate it. So thanks again. Thank you so much. Are you oh, ready? It makes me feel so happy this Are week. you ready? <laughs> are you ready? Are you ready? Into you the ready? unknown I will go, go. for I shall ready? fear no Let's man of peace. One go. foot after on, the other, for go. I am prepared to survive. I'm not allergic to bees. Indeed, another that's fantastic a, That's girl. a really good bumper. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Leia, it's preparedness corner time. What have you got for us this week? Well, well, this story just dropped on Wired. Oh, and Tech apparently, there is. Typically, we do skew preparedness, but we also talk about like safety and emergency planning, things like that, right? Yep. The Raptor Software Company. Okay, which a, I didn't know about this. Uh, I did not know what this is at all. So It had a massive data leak. If you don't know what Raptor is, it is a software that apparently over 5,300 U.S. school districts use and over 60,000 schools around the world, including our kids' school. Mm -hmm. And I only know that uh, because they had announced using Raptor for checking um, credentials for volunteers that come on campus during the school day. Mm -hmm. Well, Raptor also includes a number of things, including safety procedures, student medical files, court documents, the information for staff, students, parents, and guardians. That's wild. But the big thing that Wired is trying to highlight is that it also includes all of the emergency plans for 
all emergencies, including active shooter. Wow, plans. that's scary. And this is uh, this is a conversation I've had with our school a number of times because they let us know when there's going to be like an active shooter drill. Mm -hmm. And the first times that they let us know, I had wanted more information about what was going to happen with the kids. Right. Right. And they basically gave me a brief overview, but said that they could not provide right. details of where anybody was going to be moved or anything like that. They don't provide it because that is a security risk, right? It, it doesn't make any right. sense in active shooter drills to inform domestic terrorists where everybody will be evacuating to. Right, right, right. Right? Like, that doesn't make sense. Right. And um, so the fact that, like, 60,000 schools could potentially have their active shooter emergency plans. Crazy. Yeah available through this data leak. Uh, one, I'm the reason that I'm bringing it up is go find out if this is something that's happening uh, at your kids' schools, mm -hmm. if, if your kids' schools use Raptor at all, and find out what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Because they have to change their plans now, essentially, period. I mean, I if if no one challenges them or notifies them that this happened, then oh, they I might not. I went straight to the school board president. Did you really? Oh, absolutely. Well, she's a friend of mine. Oh, okay. So well, I so I basically was like, hey, well, she just became school board president again. Mm -hmm. So I was like, hey, welcome to your new position. Yeah, congratulations <laughs> on your presidency. Here's a uh, data leak for you to do. Yeah. Uh, not sure if you saw this. <laughs> But uh, yeah. I, I know that our district uses this for at least one aspect, if not more, behind the scenes, <gasps> yeah. right? And, and you have to assume that they are. Right. Because, uh, because if you're using one element, mm -hmm. you must be mo using more elements than that, right? I mean, you can just ask. It's not like a, uh, you don't, you know, break out the, the torches and pitchforks. You just say like, hey, you know, we heard about this. We're a little worried about it. Is there something to be concerned about or not? You know? Yeah, no big deal. I mean, it could be a big deal, but well, ask the question. I'm going to say right off the bat that schools are always going to tell you it's nothing to worry about. Sure. That is. Because just, they don't have the time. Like, so uh, such a large part of their job is to calm parents down. Oh, sure. Like, <laughs> so, Another no. Another reason I couldn't be a teacher. Uh, so it, it is a question of you, the savvy and informed parent. Mm-hmm expressing your concerns about this mm -hmm. and making sure that whatever was leaked is no longer the safety plan. Uh, I mean, the really big concern is wherever the gathering and reunification areas are. Right. Right. Because mm -hmm. all, all that needs to happen is viable threat. Mm -hmm. Right. And then all that person needs to do is wait for that next part apart and then I mean, it's I, it's it's wide open at that point. It's even it's even worse than that, right? I'm I'm not gonna I'm not going to say what I'm thinking. You should. That's yeah. Uh, so they just they just plant a bomb in the area, and then they call in a bomb threat. Yeah, it's really terrible. 
You plant bomb. You shouldn't have said that. Call in bomb threat. <laughs> You're say, right. That was terrible. You say the say the bomb is inside the school, so they right. have to evacuate the school, then blow up bomb. So, this is not advice, obviously, but this is like the literal worst thing that could happen. So of the documents that were uh, leaked, there were floor plans, including evacuation routes. Crazy. Uh, the reunification areas for families. Uh, lo another one had a location of the command center. So here's the here's the thing that's kind of wild to me. Why was this even posted online? Like, why was this collected on the Well, it's, I'm assuming it's a why what do you mean why, why wouldn't it just be a file that you sent to some, like the teachers and you have printouts of it why oh, would it need to be on the cloud i think because they have to make sure that they have something on file i'm not sure if it's um uh, it's probably some government compliance thing yeah or exactly something for the local first responders that's probably because they need to yeah. know when they uh, potentially have to come in there okay fine so one school had a document titled active shooter lockdown drill and provided a checklist of 11 questions that staff members needed to fill in to analyze the school's performance in a drill. Mm -hmm. And then it got into like records of things that schools failed to do. Oh. Right? So Jeez. like there were records of some schools that had security cameras that had been down for an extended period of time mm -hmm. and just hadn't been fixed. <gasps> Yeah, <laughs> it was. I mean, it's really. So, Leia, here now here's where we could take a turn, really freak you out. What if someone took this leaked information and they uploaded it to an AI? Oh, terrible. Ter I am increasingly scared, uh, uh, very, like, respectfully scared <laughs> of AI. Just... In case anybody's listening. <laughs> I respect the power. Yeah. <laughs> so there were also a ton of uh, health forms, mm -hmm. uh, health conditions. Jeez. Uh, it's like a HIPAA violation to go along with it. There were files including court orders detailing persons charged with criminal conduct oh with a minor. Goodness. Restraining orders trespass records everything so i will drop this link in the show notes so that uh you can take a look it may be as simple if if you don't already know uh and i wouldn't expect you to know i think i'm just kind of one of these insane people who are like i actually know that software because it was explained to me because you have as the uh so, something the school district was investing in Oh boy! In response to concerns about school safety, the very thing that they told you to get off their back about. Yes. Hey, listen, lady, <laughs> we got this dinosaur we're working with. <laughs> and little did they know, the dinosaur had vulnerabilities. There's a reason why they went extinct. The dinosaur was coming from inside the school. <laughs> okay. Yep, we'll go with that. So uh, if you don't already know, mm -hmm. I would reach out to your school yeah, you and, and find out. And it's a good yeah. tip. This is yeah. a good tip. We've got a lot of families that listen to the podcast. Yeah, so absolutely. thank you, Leah, for bringing that to everyone's attention. Yeah. Well, I don't have a drop, but it is now time for the HRCC Movie Club. Someone said I should do it in the movie, the movie phone voice. So if you want to talk about the Book of Eli, 
press one. And that's <laughs> what we're talking about. Today. Yeah. <laughs> the Book of Eli is the movie club movie that we told you about last week. Leah and I watched it. We and I have, have to tell everybody, mm -hmm. uh, we understand this is a time investment. Yes. Yes, it is. Because we started we, the movie. We're just screwing ourselves up. Because yeah. <laughs> we, like, this is a dumb idea for us to come up with. Because we, you and I will occasionally watch movies together. You have signed us up now to watch a movie every week. The more togetherness. Which is great. I love watching I love watching movies with you. But we certainly don't have the time to do this. But we're going to we're going to stick to it as long as we can. There is a 6-point grading structure for the movies that we uh, talk about. We're going to go through them. I'm not going to preface them cuz it's just going to take too much time. We're going to get into talking about it. The Book of Eli. It's been out long enough that this is not a spoiler alert. This is a post nuclear apocalypse world so let, let's just note first mm -hmm. that there is a pole oh yes we are going down Good, the yes. pole do the, do the house okay key. yes i have dropped the link for the pole in the show notes we are going with... from the highest ranked down? yes okay so you are able to add suggestions if they haven't already been suggested please go yeah, through don't the duplicate, list yeah that the, yeah look first then you're able to vote for as many as you think we should watch. Yes. Right? And watch along with us so that we can all have we will, this conversation. We're literally going to tell you the week before. So we will at the end of this, we'll tell you the next week's uh, movie. And after Leave the World Behind, mm -hmm. which is the top one right now, is The Book of Eli. So well, that's we what did we the, did. Yeah, we did Leave the World Behind. So, yeah. We did Day After Tomorrow, too, when that. it was higher ranked, mm. and it's dropped to well, third Well, because we right now. watched it. I'm assuming that's what's going to happen, is new movies are going to supersede the sure. old movies. Because, yeah. Sure, that makes sense. So, again, nuclear apoc apocalypse. You're, we're introduced to Denzel Washington. He is a, a bad dude to mess with, basically. Looks like a good guy. Looks well prepared for someone that's walking the wasteland. The first kind of thing we see of him is he gets jumped by raiders and just decimates them. Yeah, absolutely decimates them with a with a big knife. And if you're uh, keen eyed, you may notice that the martial arts he's using is Escrima. It's Filipino martial arts. Oh, you do like the Escrimas. I do. I do. So what do you what do you think? Let's start out with the preface of this before we get into the the voting is there anything you want to mention up front before we just dive right into the voting i i was a little perplexed by this movie <laughs> at first i mean there's you're really piecing stuff together right, right. And you're like why is this person in a post-apocalyptic situation in the middle of nowhere mm -hmm. not figuring out a way to be near water or hunker down right Right. Like, why is he traveling? Why are you trying to traverse a barren wasteland? Especially when he ends up in places where there is shelter. And like right off the bat. Well yeah. Off, yeah. And uh, I also didn't understand why there was shelter. Like, it's a barren wasteland and suddenly there's a shack. Like, what, where did all the other shacks go? Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, that one shack. Yeah. It made it. Yeah. It survived. Yeah. So... There's that. And then he's got also uh, it. And I thought it was important. Mm -hmm. He has a creature comfort 
that he carries with him. It is a Walkman, essentially. It's an iPod. Okay, what? fair. A Walkman? Like what, a cassette not, player? No, no. I mean, just a music listening device. Okay. And then, so you're looking at it, you're like, this is a barren wasteland. They are far enough along into this apocalypse situation. Yes. That they don't have water. Yes. How is he charging a music device? Which gets answered, right? Which gets, we'll talk about that. The thing to keep in mind here is, as you learn, I believe it is 30 years after the, the, the war, basically. This is 30 years after the disaster takes place. Yes. So he has been keeping this iPod charged. Right. For that entire time. I mean, that's just an ad for Apple at that point. <laughs> yeah, which we we'll talk about that because that's actually the most preparedness thing that I I saw in the movie. Uh, he had a weapon. He had multiple weapons. He had a handgun, a shotgun, and yes. a like a big a big knife, which is like a parong that he sharpened every day. Mm, pretty much, yeah. There is an amount of vigilance you need to have. Yeah. About your tools when you are in a barren wasteland right. deciding to walk along. I would like to split the grading somewhat because there are some sections where we have to split it, I feel. Okay. There are two major plot points. There's the setting plot point of this is a this is the aftermath of a total decimation nuclear war. Right. And then yes. there's the main plot, which is Eli has a book. Right. And it is the central driving factor for the entirety of the movie. And I'm going to note that books should be able to easily outlast an iPod. Okay. I would also like to mention that iPods are storage devices where you can put books on them. <laughs> so let's just go with that. So this is the spoiler alert. The book is... Considered to be the last King James Bible in existence that right. he has. Um, uh, I don't I, want. I, I don't want to go much further into it is the King James Bible because I think there is a, a novel fun thing that happens in the movie that everybody should watch um, if you decide to watch this. So we have to split this now. Would you like to? Is there anything you want to mention before we go into the voting? Yeah, actually, okay. I wanted to note that there is. A, a religious aspect to this movie uh from different angles too yes mm -hmm. and it is a major it, it is really a major message in the movie i feel like and it take it, i think that there's enough there that no matter how you feel about religion it's covered which is a very rare thing that a movie can do yeah, if you're like, um, if you're kind of like not into hearing about religions and all that stuff, or the, I don't know, you may not want to watch this, but it it's fine from my point of view. It's not a big deal. Anyway, um, okay. So, likelihood is our first section. right. The probability of One the disaster. Uh, I would put it. Depending on like how things are going politically from one week to the next, I feel like it can be anywhere from a three to a four. I put it as a four, and that okay. is the likelihood of the nuclear war. Guess what? We're moving in decimals. All right, 3.5. So if, if anybody <laughs> wants a, a really off-putting read, go look up The Great Barrier. 
Um, and uh, yeah, have fun with that. Also, there's the doomsday clock. Check that out if you're so inclined. But yeah, there is a, a great possibility that we as a species could off ourselves with this type of power specifically. Sure. Right. So likelihood uh, uh, with enough time, it could be a likelihood of five, but I'll go with four. Now, as now this is where I split things. What is the likelihood that he is actually walking around with the last King James Bible? That, completely unlikely. Zero. The number Zero of chance. people who would defend that Bible with their lives, no matter how much book or, burning or, was going on. Or just on. the the a sheer volume of them. Right. They're everywhere. In you a cannot basement Fahrenheit. of a hotel. Okay. You yeah, like... the, the Gideons have you covered, as you jokingly said during the movie. Um there is no enough of Fahrenheit 451 that could remove all the Bibles from the planet. There is no way. It's like trying to t get guns out of the United States. It would be impossible. Yeah, it it's would not going to happen. Not going to yeah. happen. Not going to yeah. happen. There's too many people that are pro-gun and pro-Bible. Yes. Those two people are the same person. They won't let I mean, you destroy always. their Bible. Not, Almost. Not. Pretty pretty good chance. <laughs> pretty high likelihood, statistically. Uh, I mean, I, th I think that there have been studies done uh, in the last decade that would point to a uh, a massive shrink in any kind of religious belief. There's, there's a study done that says everybody's buying guns now. <laughs> <laughs> and they're right. But I think you're seeing a lot more non-religious people still wanting guns. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Preparedness aspect. What did you write this? Um, we don't need to split this because I think it's just preparedness is preparedness. The preparedness of the main character, whatever. Yeah, I mean, See, there's, there's multiple this is, points. This you is can make. tough mm -hmm. because if I'm thinking about the main character, mm -hmm. this man is imbued with like a daredevil devil level of like skills. He he at this point is superhuman. Y yeah, he has he so he's been walking the wasteland for thirty years, which must put his age. He's got to be 50, I'm guessing, right? right? Um, he's superhuman with a knife. He has... he Enhanced senses it, to the point where it overcomes yeah. the, the senses he's lacking. Yeah, which we probably have to talk about towards the end here. But um, he outshoots people with, like, carbine rifles with a handgun. I mean... At a, at a snapshot, which is insane. That is in... That is not real right and that's in that's i mean we're popping into the One realistic area but so it's hard for me to determine is he actually prepared or is he protected by a religious book okay yeah so that's the is he isn't he yeah. Okay. So that's a thing. He he believes that he is. So in terms of preparedness, one, he does have martial arts skills. He has a decent <gasps> level of athleticism. Uh, he has co like comfort items, obviously, the Bible and the iPod. Mm -hmm. He gets water wherever he can. It pissed me off to no end, though, how small his water container was. It's a little military surplus canteen. And you're talking about yeah. somebody who has been traveling a barren wasteland where he knows no matter where he goes the most valuable thing that they have is water right and he's just carrying so i've got to knock him off at least a point and a half yeah yeah, yeah. for and I, i'm not even sure that i mean he has really good hunting skills he does oh he has a bow and he's an excellent shot with a bow too yeah but at the same time he knows also mm -hmm. that there is 
a distinct lack of animals for him to hunt and there's no way for him to really forage for vegetation because there's no water and he doesn't appear to carry food with him like um yeah i guess we never really saw him out back enough if you will he he doesn't like so he goes into what is a saloon well, first he stops. This is where I want to hit the. This is like a. This is like a, a western. Right. So before we get to the saloon, he stops by what I would call a tinker. Okay. So Tom Waits' character. Tom Waits is one of the p- people in this who who does a great job. He's kind of like the, the engineer slash tinker guy. Yeah. He's got a shop, and this is the preparedness note that I got. I don't know if you caught this. Do you know why he went to the tinker? To charge his iPod. No. He went to the Tinker to charge his battery backup. Okay. He had a gray box, and he rattled off some brand name that doesn't exist with a model number that doesn't exist. They banter back and forth about it. And the Tinker says he'll throw it on a a, a trickle charger, get it charged back up. So whatever the battery charging capability is in this future place, at least before the war, was significant enough that he – and also long-lasting enough. 30 years potentially. Right. That he's been able to continually keep the iPod going. Right. Because he was using this charging solution to do that. So that was the big preparedness thing from my point of view. I was like, uh, how much power is in this device? Like, what was the battery technology? But it makes it sound fairly advanced if you think about like how long he's been keeping the whole thing running. But how does it not tick you off that in this entire, in 30 years of traveling or whatnot, mm-hmm. Where he's had to have happened upon many a building, many a store, many a people, that he has an iPod and not a radio. Oh, yeah. I mean, but That's... also, what are you going to listen to? I mean, is it didn't look like there was much of anything going on. There's no, but a radio, radio just to communicate. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? Because oh, where yeah. he ends up, that place would absolutely have a radio. Yeah, so something to remember, too, if, if you're, okay, in this hypothetical situation, you're literally wandering around. In his case, he's just going west, right? There's many ways you can go west. And if you had a radio, you could occasionally check out and see if there was anybody talking and see if there was some reason why you might want to deviate off due west yeah. to a town that may never be in your visual line of sight. You may never yeah. have any idea that there's a town around that mountain. And maybe if you stop there, you might be better off by getting your canteen full of water, you know, whatever right. it is, right? There's another thing, preparedness, that I want to mention. Uh, there are the people that live in the towns always check the outsiders or the travelers for shakes. Right, because of cannibalism. Because that's how a lot of people are getting their food, is they're killing other people and eating them. Right. And one of the signs that you're a cannibal is your handshake. Right. And his don't. He's never ate humans. Uh, So that's a point of preparedness as well. So, okay. Now, realism. Okay, well, what are you scoring in terms of preparedness here? Two. Two? I, I gave him the two mainly for the battery. I, I thought that the water was all – I was with you. I'm like, really? That's the only water? He had no head covering, and he's just – yeah, he's darker skinned, sure, so he's going to have – He has sunglasses. Head covering. Okay. Head covering. All right. So so if you're walking in like what is a blasted land without a head covering, you're going to lose more water just from that alone, all right. Right? All right? 
Well, oh, oh, I was gonna. Your put other it joke at was three. that they're they're also dressed way too warm, right? For every situation. Yes. Yeah. I mean, why do they look? Why are they wearing scarves, jackets, and boots? And we're seeing when, heat waves come yes. off the, the ground. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. There's yeah. like a mirage happening behind her. They should be dressed in like Sahara gear. Yeah, like white linens. Yeah, like loose fitting yeah. clothing. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, realistic. Oh man, I. This is where I, the I Bible think, thing got me. I put no, it as a one as realistic because the Bible I, I thing think, just threw I me think way I think it off. does have to be a one because mm-hmm. over the course of 30 years, even in a post-apocalyptic situation, mm-hmm. you would theoretically, because people were educated enough, 30 years is not even some people like an entire lifetime. So you have people that theoretically are intelligent enough or have enough work experience in areas to be able to scrounge things together and rebuild. But instead you end up with these old West towns where people are illiterate in 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a little wild. Um, There is also a certain, if you just look at the the sheer volume of, of years, you mean to tell me it's taken this guy 30 years to walk across the country. I know the United States is big, but thirty years to do that seems it it wild. wasn't it wasn't um at the outset of the thirty years it the, the calling came some time in the thirty years oh okay we don't know exactly when he got the Bible yeah I well I it might I might have I might have not not noticed it if it was he mentioned. was I mean I think it said that he was blinded around the time of the disaster okay well there you go that you just gave up kind of a a point he's he's blind. Which makes yes. the the shooting aspects of all of this insane. Which I mean, makes that's you why believe I'm saying it's, it's, it's a daredevil level. Yeah. He he exceeds daredevil in his abilities. Like daredevil doesn't use guns because he. How could he? Right, <laughs> he can't. So so this power is imbued by the Bible, basically. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So in, in terms of realistic, this is a one out of five across the board from the character mm-hmm. to how things end up uh yeah yeah because even even in a nuclear blast that doesn't mean all one that all of your resources are forever gone sure right it doesn't decimate all inanimate objects (laughs) right right but in certain areas it does but not all but then the other thing is 30 years is actually enough time mm-hmm. for things to recover from nuclear blasts. Um, okay. Depending. We don't know how bad, but... Oh, by the way, they didn't really pull out any Geiger counters either. They weren't, like, testing for radiation. They just kind of were like, oh, yeah, it happened. It's good now. Oh, because everybody who was affected by the radiation is dead. No. That, like, was, my, that was my understanding. So the, um, the Chernobyl disaster... Yeah. Happened. Yes. The, the, that the, did happen. You're right. And the it melted down. The reactor melted down. But yeah. there's still dangerous levels of radiation. They had to put a sarcophagus around the building to protect from radiation. And the bombs I mean, yeah. scattered radioactive material everywhere. Okay. So Chernobyl disaster happens in 86. If you go to Chernobyl now, mm-hmm. there there are animals. I mean, I wouldn't say that they're... No, there's tons of animals. But also every human that's walking around that area is got a Geiger counter on them. 
Yeah, but there's there's vegetation again. There's like not, I just I'm don't understand. Deceiving. I don't know where the water went. That's you know well, what I mean. He's in the Southwest, so it's already a desert. That okay? It's obvious right, that he's fair. in the Southwest. So okay. it's it, I'm All not right. surprised by that. Right? That doesn't bother me. So realism, I put it as a one for numerous things that happen that I'm just like, okay. The the plot line is fine. Okay, last Bible. That's that's crazy. The well, let's realism. talk about the characters. Well, no, I, I, but I, I didn't give you my realism part. Oh, sorry. There's a couple of things that just like they don't really make a lot of sense. The Bible's the one thing. But then the ending, he just happens to go to San Francisco. He just happens to find a boat. Well, it's his it's his calling. Okay, so then you've got pure magic that's guiding him. Okay, he ends up going to Alcatraz. Yes. And on Alcatraz, it is a highly organized, very prepared group of people. Yes, that, without radios. Without radios. And uh, they have a printing press. Right. That they make the Bible. Right. I'm not going to get into much more than that. No, I'm going to get into oh, it. Oh. Because they basically, he ends up reciting the Bible. Because he loses the Bible. Yes, he, he loses the Bible. And then, Spoiler. so they just take his reciting the Bible, write it down, and then start printing it. Right. And then put, and then consider it the Bible. Right. And it's like, well... That doesn't even make sense because the villain in this mm -hmm. is after the Bible for the power that it's going to give him over the masses, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you didn't even need that to make up your own religion. You got like, 30 if years. You, if, you want, if you wanted to subdue people with some kind of faith, mm -hmm. I, I think history has told you enough about cults that— You could just make it up. Yeah, I mean— that that character is Gary Oldman, who's a one of my favorite actors. Gary Oldman's sure. great, and he plays this villain that's just hell bent on getting this book. He finds out from what's her name sacrifices everything, everything for this book. For this I book. mean, he is he is essentially a, like a mafia king, right? Or I guess would it be like a robber baron? No, he's like an outworld despot, oh, a okay. tyrant, if you will. Okay, sure. But he reduces his forces to virtually nothing in search of this book. He is willing Pursuing it specifically. to give up anybody's life, mm -hmm. it, and in some instances, clearly even his own. Right, because he gets shot in the leg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I mean the whole thing is just crazy. In terms of characters, I I mean I I do like Denzel Washington's character. This is Denzel Washington is a fantastic actor. I love Denzel Washington, and pretty much, I don't know. There's a movie that I've seen that I don't like that he's in, but not as an Even actor. Even he's the villain, The Training Day. I like him as a character because he is steadfast in his morals, mm -hmm. and it, he kind of demonstrates what we all think it will be the moral dilemmas that we will experience. If we were in a major disaster mm -hmm. that is prolonged, right? The how much help should I be giving? How how much is this not my business? He goes through that. There was a challenge in the beginning that he yeah. faced with where he chooses not to get involved. Right. And someone dies. Right. He so if Leave the World Behind is the movie where you there is no person that you would like to be like or aspire to be. Yeah. Denzel Washington is the character in the movie that you would want to have traits of his or aspire to be more like in the situation for I mean, sure even 
Gary Oldman initially is likable because you don't you don't know what he's, he's smart. He's learned He's before the blast. He says he's before the time of the disaster. Right. Uh, so he knows how to read. He's learned Um Seems seems fairly put together because he knew where the water was. He secured the water. He's using that to basically drive and fund the city, which has commerce. It may be dangerous commerce, but I mean, would you not expect Wild West type situations to return? I mean, he's Probably. he's he's kind of a a caricature of a capitalist. Yeah, like during that time, right? Yeah. Uh, but combined with a later cruelty that you oh, see. Oh, yeah, he's incredibly cruel. Yeah, but initially you don't see that. Mm -hmm. And at face value, I think you do assume that he thinks he's doing good. Um. Yes. I'm assuming he has is, he is convinced himself that the way he is pursuing things is for the better of society. Because he's planning on making more towns. and And his, like, head henchman is, like... In the end, you find out he's motivated by love. Like, right. So they do make it so all of these characters, even if they're doing bad, that they have redeeming qualities. I guess you're making me amend my score. What did you give characters? A four. A four? Yeah. I have them like at a two. Really? Yeah, because it's just so simple. Everybody's so simple. It's so straightforward. Um, the only reason I could possibly make you know what, I'll go 2.5, is because of what you've just said, is that there is a little bit of duality there. Again, I like Denzel 2. Washington. 2.5, and I'm at a 4. Mm -hmm. That means that we land at 3.25? I mean, I guess, yeah. It's, it's, there, I, I like some of the characters, but they're all very, like, boom, straightforward. If anybody, Eli's the most straightforward of all of them. Uh, we, we didn't even mention who, who's the, the female lead. Uh, Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis. She's got a number of things going on that are wild. We we haven't even gotten there yet. Um, at the end, she basically picks up the mantle of his which preparedness even... gear, which she has none of his skills. Right. She doesn't know how to read. Also, she is a smaller female. Like, and she's given the ability happen? to stay on this very safe island. Totally prepared for. So and, totally self-sustained. And has no calling to go do something right. else. Like, why are you? I, I mean, no Eli is moving across the country because he has a calling to deliver this book west. I, I think she I think she alludes to the fact that she's going back to her family to help them, maybe bring them back. It's like, OK, OK, good, fine. That's that's a mission. You've got something there. But it's like if it's not that, it's like, what are we doing? Like, what are you doing? I didn't get it. But. She, she was the one that bothered me because ultimately the trouble he gets in is because of her. And yeah, I didn't like that. I, I mean, I didn't I didn't really like her character at all, but she she's a plot device. Yes. Yeah. So and she's also very straightforward. Like, I mean, you mentioned the henchman is like motivated by love. But at the end of the day, he's just like, I'll do whatever you want. But you're giving me the girl. Like, yeah. Okay, I mean that's love is kind of a weird. Uh, that's a that's a certain kind of love. I don't know. If it's the kind that would I would be like. Oh yeah, he's a he's a he's a tormented character. Well, I think he she kills him too. So it was, it was kind of justified. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. The plot on this. Yeah. It's a it's a good plot. You like the plot? I I think it's a I think it's a compelling plot line that keeps you watching. 
Um, so I guess we should say, or I'll say, that this is a this is just a fun kind of just hang out and watch the movie kind of thing. Yeah, it's an enjoyable watch. Well, um, there, there's a lot of twists and turns. There are, yeah, yeah, particularly with regards to the Bible. So I put the plot as a three. So, okay, I put it at a three point five. So that's a three point two five. Okay. Entertainment value. This is a super entertaining movie. Okay. What did you rate it? 3.5. Okay. I got to give it three. Okay. So we're going back to 3.25. All right. So. Now, okay. Some of this. Okay. I, I will be honest that I'm probably going to grade a little harder than Leia because I've seen all these movies. So until we encounter a movie that I haven't seen, I'm going in kind of knowing what the secret is. I'm going in knowing this is going to happen. And so I'm trying to look for holes if you will just my nature is gonna just that's just how i watch movies too right so to me and it's it's a lot of people are just gonna be gobsmacked i kind of like the plot of leave the world behind more like oh i I did I, i thought i was i was more engaged with what's gonna happen next and i'm trying to remember how i felt when i watched the book of eli the first time I didn't feel like I was wondering what's going to happen next. I didn't have a lot of those like, oh, no, what's going to happen here? I felt like it was pretty straightforward. I couldn't tell you what the hook was. I, I did not see that coming necessarily. But on the second watch, you're, they're, they're, they're forecasting that like crazy with, a, with him, Eli. Yeah. They, they, are, they are making you fairly obvious what's going on here Yeah. Um, if, you, if you're paying attention. So entertainment values of three. Again, three is above average on a, on a one to five schedule, uh, scale. So All right. Yeah. Well, that overall puts it at a 16.75 out of 30, which is 2.75 points above the day after tomorrow. What did leave the world behind? I don't think we ranked it. Oh. Not on, yeah. the, on the six point. Mm, okay. We might have to go back and look at that. But uh, so we ranked it higher than leave the world behind. Interesting. Okay. No, sorry. Uh, day after tomorrow. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, what are we watching next week? Next week we will be watching. Let's pop this open. We're still and and by the way, you guys are in charge of this. So if you want us to watch movies that have radios in it, you got to vote those up. That's true. Ten Cloverfield Lane. Mm. That is a good one. Yeah. Okay. I'm. Totally down to watch that again. Okay. Have you seen Cloverfield? Uh, I think so. What do you remember of Cloverfield? Nothing. Okay. This is going to be wild then. Well, actually, I don't think it's going to be wild at all because you're going to, if you watch Cloverfield and you're like, so this is in the same universe? How's that work out? (laughs) (laughs) Explain that to me. Um, Yeah. Okay. Cool. Everybody that's that's listening, this is one you probably want to watch if you haven't seen it. It's good. I just, I also want to acknowledge that how in 30 years did people forget the Bible? Dude, I don't know, man. Like. I don't know. It's Mila Kunis's character sees the Bible and doesn't know what it is. It's got a big cross on the front she, of it. She literally doesn't know to call it a cross. He how says, does that happen what, in what 30 years? What did it look like? And she took her fingers and made a cross. Like, come on. Exactly. Really? Like, come on, exactly. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Join us. Tune in next week for the next HRCC Movie Club. If you enjoyed today's 
episode. Presto. That's it. CW Lounge Time, Leah. Mm. All right, let's run through the letters. Okay. What does K sound like, Josh? Okay. All right, what does M sound like? Okay, what does R sound like? What does S sound like? What does U sound like? What does A sound like? Okay. I might be giving those at like 20. That's That's probably 15. That's 15 for sure. Sorry, I was giving you at 20. So you want to go 20, right? Do 20. 20. Yeah. All right. Are you ready? Mm. Yeah. Three, two, one. They're really trying to drive home. I lost. I lost it at the end. But a a u r what a a u r what a a u r what m m r k k u oh no r and r. We got to do it again. Run through the letters again. Holy smokes! Okay, so okay, r ready? Uh huh. Do it again. K is the reverse of R. Okay. Yep, shake it off. Get all shaky. Shake, shake, shake. All right, ready? Yes. Here we go. Three, two, one. Okay, so I missed a bunch of it. Is it A A A? Yes. R K. You've got S. R S. I missed a bunch of it, and then it ends with K S. It ends with K S. Okay. The, the part you missed was amuck. A M U K. Amuck amuck. Oh, buddy, are you? You are tired. Oh, I'm tired. I've had some drinks. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we don't have to go deeper on this one. Maybe you just, as you hold the bottle to your mouth and. Mm -hmm. pull a take another pull of the whatever it is you're drinking <laughs> um okay let's just leave that that's fine we'll we'll we'll, we'll pick it up again next week. <laughs> although i i do i do think i don't know how to fix this uh because you've got the the um you've got just let you've got cw dyslexia you're switching the letters yeah so did da dit is r yeah Da di da is K. Yes. Right, and uh -huh. you're you're flipping them. Yes. Okay. That's facts. <laughs> can't <laughs> can't argue that. <clears throat> there you go. All right. Well, thanks. Uh, there you go. CW Lounge is closed this week. So the show topic. All right. So today's is discussion for today is right go on to the show. Right. 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 The, the topic of today's show is. Gentlemen, let's get down to business. 
So I, I, I made a video, all the patrons got dropped this yesterday. I'm, it's, it's a simple video, but it's, a, it's one that I really haven't made a video on. It's the differences between the radio services. So ham oh. radio versus GMRS versus FRS, MERS, CB, you know, the, the nominal major radio services. And something came to mind while I was going through all of it is that all the major radio services, the non-amateur radio services, you are an appliance operator. That's the design. Some of them go into greater detail like CB, a long history of people tinkering with stuff. But that made me think that, you know, we have this long... You're allowed to tinker with CB radios? No. No. I thought that the moment you tinkered with it, suddenly your use was not allowed. Correct. But that doesn't mean they didn't do it and still do. Uh, you can play around with the antennas, though. Um, oftentimes, that's what a lot of people would do. But uh, it made me think of this whole insult that people throw around to ham radio operators is, oh, you're just an appliance operator. Okay. So you're just like a GMRS user or a CB user. You just put the box on the table and you you plumb it with coax and you put an antenna on the end. So today's episode is how to upgrade from appliance operator. Oh. Yeah. So these are just some... Step one. Learn to make your own radio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you remember that old joke, draw how to draw an owl? Yeah. <laughs> Just draw an owl. And it's it, it starts out with uh like an oval for the body. Yes. And then there's a circle. <laughs> and then it and then the next one, it's just a two step. It's a completed, and, and a completed owl. Completed owl, like highly detailed feathering that says draw the F at owl <laughs> <laughs> above it. It's like that's that's basically what you're you're advocating for. No, 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 no. So I would say that the first thing you have to do is you actually have to take on a mindset that you want to be more than just someone who operates a radio. And by the way, this is not to shame anybody who just operates a radio. This is a hobby. You're supposed to have fun. If you don't want to go any further than that, that's fine. Yeah, I think tinkering with the radios mm -hmm. is like it's... a subsect of the hobby. Now, the FCC would tell you, no, it is two of the three prongs of the hobby. Reminder, the FCC views radio operation and effective radio operation as only one of two things that they're advocating for. The second thing is becoming an actual technician of the equipment, knowing how it works, how okay. to repair it, how to fun how to make it function, how to how to make a working, good functioning radio station. And then the third is actually advancing nominal electrical designs and understanding via the hobby, experimenting, if you will, right? So it, it, interestingly, yeah. all hobbies have an element of this. Of course. Purchasing the equipment for the hobby mm -hmm. is one thing. There's a whole deep dive into how to, like, what the base equipment is. And then as you get better at it, you're like, oh, there's got to be a thing that does this, mm -hmm. right? And then it's learning to use those right. tools, right. right? And then in the end, it is making the thing or doing the thing. Correct. Yeah. So that's basically what we're going to walk through. <gasps> Actually, that was the whole thing. Leia, you just did it. That's it. Okay. You're that's so how welcome. You, that's how you upgrade. Yeah. So the big thing first is like knowing kind of where you are on the on the whole paradigm. If if you're an amateur radio operator who kind of like had to get people come out, help you run the lines, explain how things work, then you're pr you're probably at the starting point, I would say of all of this. So the first thing is you just kind of have to decide to take on this I'll build it, I'll fix it, I'll make it work attitude. Okay? For me, 
Um, I I was handy as a, as a younger person, but I didn't really kind of like level up my handy game until like I got a house, right? Oh, that's true. And I just I just didn't really want to pay people to fix stuff that I should be able to fix. Or my favorite excuse was, well, if if I buy the tools, it's a lot cheaper than paying somebody. Buying material and tools is way cheaper than paying a professional to come and do it. So as long as it's not something where you're going to kill yourself, it's it's likely okay that you kind of explore this stuff. And that's what amateur radio is. So the first thing is take on this kind of attitude of fixing your own problems. And I have an example of, of one that um, just happened uh, today. I got a comment from somebody that said, wow, I really loved that Alinko DJC5 that I used to have. It's a shame that you can never buy, never find a battery for those things ever. And I was faced with this exact problem. I bought a C5, and the guy said, oh, no, it works great. I plugged it in, and sure, it, it charged, and it would turn on when it was on the charger, but if you took it off the charger, it died instantly. So what's the problem there? The battery's dead. I ended up taking the radio back off of it and took the battery out. I looked at it and said, okay, what are we looking at here? Uh, it was, I don't know, 300 amp hour, milliamp hour battery with a 3-volt charge to it. And I said, well, I bet I could go on Amazon and find a lithium-ion battery that gives 3 volts and is roughly the right size to fit in there. So I went on Amazon and I bought a battery. I did my best to try and match the connector types, but I failed and I, I got the wrong battery connector. That doesn't mean my journey's over. It meant that, well, now I've got to take out the soldering iron and my wire clippers, and I had to take the lead off of the dead battery and put it on the new battery using skills in soldering and applying heat shrink so that we don't short the battery and cause a problem. And now what do I got? I got a fully working radio that it just charges. And that's an easy one. You, you could do this. You could fix yourself um, up any of these old radios by doing it. So what you have, what I have to do, get some tools, soldering iron, understand how to use it, a third hand, uh, which is a little device for holding wires while you solder, heat shrink tubing, hot air gun, which again, the Harbor Freight, I don't even know, is like 10 bucks now maybe. Harbor Freight hot air gun's great. And in, in my case, a lot of my problems with uh, soldering, I just put the, uh, the old bathroom tile underneath it. I use bathroom tile for a lot of my soldering projects. Oh. Just so I don't burn through anything. Just put it all in there. So basically, the goal here is to see challenges in you where you have either in the process of meeting your ham radio goals and figuring out, well, how can I solve this? So if you ask yourself, well, I'm getting in, I, I got my general license and I could go out and buy an antenna, but, you know, why don't I go figure out how to make a fast setup POTA antenna? Well, what's that look like? Well, it's, it's probably a telescoping mast which you can't buy. I'm not advocating you make one of those. Those are kind of hard to make. Also, they're really cheap if you buy them from uh, China. But maybe you're going to build yourself a NFET half wave. Okay. Right. There's a couple of nominal circuits designs that you can find online. You can get the material. It's it's really just, you know, wire, magnet wire, as they call it, uh, the appropriate capacitor and the right toroid core, which is a metallic donut, and then something that you mount it in. If you don't want to go that hard right out of the chute, then you can buy, you know, kits that you build yourself. Obviously, we love the kits that Adam K6ARK makes. The wizard. I don't know that Jason KM4ACK is still making his antennas, but I definitely know that Coffee and Ham Radios has a really nice designed uh, kit that you can buy and build yourself. 
And those will take up to 100 watts and they work really well. So maybe that's the idea is instead of, again, buying something pre-made, you go ahead and make it on your own. And then you learn how to tune it. You learn how to set it up. You learn how to take it down. You're going to get a lot more skill from just the time of building that antenna, tuning it, than if you had just bought one and it was all ready for you and all you had to do was deploy it, right? Plus, then you, you just learn a lot more about your radio and everything along line, that line. Now, going to Leia's how she kicked this all off is just go build the uh, go build the radio. So <laughs> sometimes that's kind of hard to do because the complex radios are actually the single sideband ones. Okay. So let's let's take the example. Here's another. You're asking yourself this question: How do I get involved in Morse code, or how do how do I learn Morse code? Or I kind of already know it. Now I want to build a radio. So it turns out Morse code QRP radios are probably the starting point for most kit radios. There are a number of them that you can get. I recommend uh, people go get a Pixie from Four States QRP, not a Pixie, a Cricket from Four States QRP, a very easy kit. Young people, you can get on this thing. It runs off of a 9-volt battery. It is frequency locked, so that's where you run into a little bit of problem, but there are kits you can advance into later for CW. I have a couple of different options of videos that I've done on them. In fact, I'm going to be doing another one in the future uh, from an Australian manufacturer of kits, which uh, we'll talk about. But building yourself a CW radio is probably a starting point. Or if you're trying to learn CW, it turns out that one of the a really simple kit to do, which is adjacent to ham radios, build yourself an oscillator. Oh. So an oscillator is kind of like this MCT-70. By the way, shout out to MCT-73. We forgot to mention them at the CW lounge. But um, this is obviously a smart device. An oscillator is just a speaker, basically, that connects to your key that when you key down, it beeps like Morse code. Okay. So get yourself an oscillator kit, build that up, or even better, just make one out of parts that you can buy or possibly scrounge from other devices that will do the same effect. Now, breaking off the challenge of going like full hog and building a K2, for instance, from Elecraft is probably too deep of a starting point. Um, but, or, or, or creating like a practical circuit, how learning the practical approaches for how to make, I mean, I'm totally a novice in this area. I don't make circuits or anything like that, but there are a number of things that are in and around your shack that you might need, and they will give you this type of skill and experience. Antenna tuners, for example, they're actually a pretty, pretty interesting and easy circuit to look up read and understand how to kind of implement it at a you know a novel simple approach you can get the AWRL handbook you can look up a lot of these circuits you can just google uh, antenna tuner design antenna tuner circuit and you could make a go at building one yourself and again there's also kits that are available for that as well and oddly enough where, where I'll kind of mention or we'll end this is another thing you might want to look at is uh, amplifiers so old school tube amplifiers and some of the other solid state amplifiers, it's actually not too expensive to build one for QRP radios. So if you'd like to go from 5 watts to 20 watts, those are not that difficult of circuits. Those are not that difficult of parts to put together. And again, kits exist for this as well. And your likelihood of being able to build an amplifier correctly is actually not that bad. So they're not that they're not too difficult or unapproachable. And you'll actually get something that's really highly usable if you've got a QRP radio or you want to step your game up from, you know, something that you've been playing around with, like a 817, for instance. 817s, 818s, great to run with an amplifier. 20 watts, 50 watts, you'll be you'll be all set. So 
yeah, there you go. There was my. Do you recommend hmm. staying away from things that <clears throat> that you would build and possibly fry your radios? Hmm. Give me an example. Like what? I don't know. You tell me. So what an is... amplifier could. Um. Yeah. So. Actually, that's kind of an interesting question. Good on you. <laughs> well, thank you. So the 817, I remember, if I remember correctly, had a pretty robust keying interface for an amplifier. The 705, the ICOM 705, has stock, has a fairly weak keying, um, um, keying circuit. That's one of the reasons why I advocated people go buy that USB-C upgrade board that gives you a much more robust keying interface. That's uh, a good point. Obviously, um, if you're going down this road of stepping up from an appliance operator and some no nominal ideas on how to grow that skill, the amplifier is probably a little bit further down the line. And you should also research what your radio that you're thinking of mating to this hypothetical amplifier will take for keying. If you need something special or you can just do it out of the box or what's possibly more likely is you may have to bake in a different kind of keying structure into the amplifier you're building to match your radio. So yeah, that's a really good question, Leah. Thank you. Anything else? That's it. That's it. Well, yeah. I, I, uh, I hope everybody likes the video I'm dropping at the, about the same day that this comes out. Should be interesting. I love uh, your comments, so go ahead and drop them over there on the YouTubes. Thanks. What's happening? Staircases change, remember? Let's go this way. Before the staircase moves again. Welcome to the email correspondence tower. We definitely appreciate you all leaving us feedback, messages. But we start out our journey before we get to that email. Hold on, we'll get there. Two outbuildings in front of the tower is the physical mail depot which is linked up to our p.o box in cerritos we appreciate everybody who sends us stuff i don't have anything this week we did check uh, there was nothing there but thanks everybody you definitely don't have to do that but uh, we definitely want to give a spot for people who do send stuff so again thanks for doing that we really do appreciate all the things that were sent over the holiday period in particular so that means a lot to us next to that building though is the voicemail annex some of you don't like to type and i appreciate it i personally hate having to deal with lots of emails. And so for you, the voicemail annex is perfect. It's where you can just call our voicemail line and leave whatever messages are on your mind. Love it if you keep it ham radio related, but with this whole HRCC movie club, we don't know what to expect this week. So what's the phone number, Leah? That's 562-334-2389. Let's go. Oh, nope, not let's go. I have the Bluetooth disconnected. My goodness. That's one thing that adding the CW lounge meant that I have to remove the Bluetooth adapter to plug in the key device so mm -hmm. that you can hear it. Yeah. Um, so now we got it sorted out, I think. We'll see. Away we go. Live podcast. I'm really three minutes, three minutes into the podcast this week. And you wanted some feedback? Just cough. Life is full <laughs> Sorry. Of we know what it sounds like. It's fine. Yes, it might be in earbuds, but so is the popping. So this is Kilo and Mike Afazulu. Yeah. Oh, sorry. 73 and pop on, I guess. I, <laughs> I personally think the popping is worse than the coughing. 
personally. So if we can get this sorted out, I, I think we're just going to hold off on the, the cough buttons until okay. we get it sorted out. We'll just, again, Tezonde, lean our head away to cough. All right. Shout out to last week's podcast. Get into shape, they said. Round is a shape. That's true. That's a, so I, if, if you have an Apple Watch, mm. I downloaded recently this app called, I think it's called Habby. It's somebody coded this thing in like eight weeks and it is a Tamagotchi. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. The thing about the Tamagotchi is that you can set the number of steps you want to take each week you can set it at 10,000 I think we recently found out that that was just an arbitrary number created by some Japanese company you that... should uh, strive to do more than 10,000 steps in a week oh in a day 10,000 steps in a day but every day that you don't do 10,000 steps your Tamagotchi poops dang and, right on your watch yes and then if you don't do 10,000 steps the next day you have more poop Oh, it just keeps the poop it piles up. It just keeps up. piling up for you to feel bad for this poor, I think it's a mouse, a, a, a cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, pretty fun on your Apple Watch. And uh, I mean, if you don't have an Apple Watch, I'm assuming you can also use your iPhone. I don't know if it's on any other. Let me let me make sure the name. I have been running. It's called Habby, H-A-B-B-I-E in the nice. App Store. I have been running consistently for months now. Yes. And I've been enjoying it. It helps me like clear my head a lot. Okay. Yeah. And getting sick, man, was the worst. I tried to get on the treadmill for 10 minutes and I started, I coughed like straight up for like 30 minutes. You remember that? Yes. That was bad. I had to go take a shower and just get into the hot water just to cough. Get man. it all out. Oh, it was so bad. Yeah. So I'm right. I'm looking forward to getting back on the treadmill. All right. That's next voicemail. Hello, this is Kilo on my Kalamazoo, and let's see how quick I can be. Hey, Nate. For all you listeners, I'm going to bring out two occasions where the contact doesn't go through, but you still have fun. Okay. So the first one was uh, there's a local activator who's going to go to one of our state parks that's uh, about uh, 15 minutes away from my house. Woodford State Park, and I don't know the number, but you can look it up if you want. Okay. Um, and he was going to activate only using AM. He was going to use just AM. AM. So he was going to try it on 10 meters. Hold on. I, I, I really have to appreciate that. I, I don't think it's that easy to activate parks, actually, depending on what park it is. Uh, that that right? can be true. And your and your equipment, right? Of course. And I like how ham radio operators get out there and it's like, I don't know that I'm going to be able to make all these contacts, but I'm going to add more qualifiers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to make it harder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think he did 15, 17, and maybe 20. If it really... So he decided he was only doing AM because he likes the, the, the AM audio quality. Oh, um, and it does so it's like records, finals. It was too. I wasn't close enough to get like a really good ground wave, and I couldn't hear him at all on any of the frequencies, even when he tried different levels. Um, and it might have been just the different orientation of our uh, our uh, 
antennas, maybe he had a vertical and I had more of a horizontal wire antenna. I don't, I don't know. It just didn't go through for any of the frequencies, but again, each of nearby, not near nearby. Sometimes it doesn't go through. So, um, and then there was, uh, on, on Discord that someone, uh, mentioned that I was in Vermont and, uh, they were, trying to get someone else a contact so they could do work all states. I think they believe that the person that needed it was in Italy, so I tried it on FTA and nothing was heard, but they got someone else in Vermont, so fail, fail, but it all ended up good. So this good. is Q1 by Kavazulu, and that was all about ham radio. What's the chances? What is the uh, world coming to? <laughs> good job, Nathan. And we've got one last voicemail from Nathan. Hang on one oh. second. There we go. Yeah, it's me again. This is Kilo with my Kavadulu. And I have another ham radio thing. Okay. On the HRCC uh, Discord for uh, the podcast, there was a discussion of uh, people talking about the Townsend. Uh, Jay Townsend. Jay Townsend. The, like, the, I think it's 1800s. Or, one, one of those things oh, where it's a, a guy doing like old, old, like, I don't know, reenactment and clothes and. Uh, cooking, cooking. I think he does a lot of cooking. It's his lifestyle. I think I've seen a couple videos of it. He's got a whole website, though. This is his business. He's promoting what is... Um, life in the 1800s. Yeah. Like colonial life. Yes, yeah. And the the website is great. Oh, it's I fantastic. Mean, especially if you're going to do any kind of historical reenactments or anything like that. And he lives on the East Coast, and he yeah. does he does work with reenactors. I will I'll just go ahead and tell everybody. Leia and I have there was a point in our life, I think before kids, where we were almost binge watching. Oh yeah, that that channel. I have watched a ridiculous amount of Jay Townsend and stuff. I just really like his cooking videos. Oh, in the in the old time kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite thing still is when he did the creme brulee episode. Yes, and he brought out a, a tool that I had no idea existed, because okay, creme brulee, you need some kind of a torch or a broiler. Apparently not. Just a so, really uh, a focused iron. Will do yeah, <laughs> and I know that I remember the name of it. It's called a salamander. Oh, yeah. And it was a flat disc with a handle, and they had a special little jig that would hold it at different elevations above the food. You'd get it super hot, and then you'd put it in this jig, and the radiant heat would do the caramelization effect on the mm -hmm. creme brulee. I remember watching this video. I can picture the kitchen in my head yes. from, from their video. So... What I really liked about Jay Townsend, uh, I think the channel's still on him. Oh, yeah. Sure. But when you look at all of the equipment that they're using, uh, so much of it is actually very specialized. I'm not a really big fan of unitaskers in the kitchen. I'm, right, I'm Alton with Brown. Alton Brown yeah. with that, yeah. But when you look at those things, you have to think, if you are somebody who is preparing for a post-apocalyptic situation mm -hmm. book of eli levels of of apocalypse that you will not have electricity yeah this is where you want to go to outfit your kitchen i think if you want to do some gourmet cooking <laughs> the recipe the deep dives on old recipe books are really fun too i do you know i really do 
like that also because thinking about foods from different parts of the country, yes. And mm-hmm. food's always evolving. So there's always like this new dish you can get mm-hmm. that was developed in whatever country. But there's an entire universe of food that existed in the past. It's gone. That, yeah, it's... It's gone. I mean, I have not seen a lime jello aspic, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> in my life. Right. And it, it quite, I'm probably not going to make it. Right. <laughs> so There was a, a beverage that I learned about from that show called uh, Switchel. Yes. Which I had never heard of it before. It was it's kind of like somewhere between like a soda. It's and there was another one they made that was like a, a it was a soda using pine needles. Yes, I bet that's delicious. That's that was fascinating because people do pine tea. That's a common thing for people to do. Pine needle tea. Yeah, I wish they went through our neighborhoods. If we haven't mentioned it before, uh our city is populated with pine trees yeah yeah among other i i don't know who the arborist was or who the tree salesman was yeah I, i'm gonna go with the ladder not an arborist because there's no way an arborist would be like yes you should definitely put those old growth trees in this three foot wide strip of grass that you want to put it in right they they got to cerritos what 50 years ago Oh my god. And really got in good with the developers. They got in good with Art Gallucci. Yeah. <laughs> so the pine trees and the jacaranda trees, which are also okay, so jacaranda trees are beautiful. Okay. I don't I, like I don't want them to tear down these trees. I don't like them. They stink though. And they mess your car up. And they if just you park underneath them. But they're so beautiful. Ugh. They, they're in full bloom, they're really pretty, but no, no. And they, but the amount of blooms they drop, I get it's it's not everything great. gets gooey. You have to get them up because it gets sticky. Oh, it's gross. Yeah. So our city is, uh, in some areas, they are just pulling them out. They're getting diseased now. Uh, it's just not ideal growing conditions for these trees. No way. The one in front of our house actually fell over, almost hit our house. Yeah. Right. And. Just this past week, the city went through and trimmed all of the trees in our neighborhood. It was, way, it was wild. So these pine trees are cut way back. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I thought was, I wonder if when these things grow back, the pine needles will be low enough for me to pluck the young <laughs> the young buds. <laughs> so, And I forgot about that soda. Yeah. So if I can if I can get young pine buds. Young buds. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a heavy watcher, but someone mentioned that uh they had heard that he was a ham. I what? Think, believe his name is John Townsend <gasps> and his father was James Townsend that started the I did business. not know this. Um and I did a little research cuz that's what I do. A little research. Thank you, and Nathan. I found that they uh both he and his father uh, were mature extras. And uh, his father died in, I think, 2020 or one of those, 2022, one of those. And um, so he died, um, and his uh, license was still good. Um, but the the creator of the YouTube channel, uh, John, it looks like he he's in the um, – he's within – his just expired like six months ago or something like that. Uh, but he was amateur extra. I'm sure he was busy or whatever. Amateur and extra. And this is the idea that I thought I kind of expressed it 
on the uh, Discord. I missed it. It seems like with having to uh, re-up or renew the license, once most people keep it up. I know someone that that kept his up um, even in for free, but once it becomes $35 and you have to go oh. through all the process of, of uh, navigating the ULS and all oh, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think that's a lot. I feel that's a, that's a point where people are like, I don't do it anymore. It's not worth it. It's almost like that's what the FCC that's, wanted. That's what, that's what I think. Well, what do you right. guys think? Well, just a, a price and the difficulty um, of renewing, yeah. not being do, doing it by mail or anything, if that, you think people would be um, less amateurs. So this is Q1 Mike Alzulu. Just looking for your thoughts. A little, a little um, producer, chief producer in engagement. Oh, chief. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, somebody got a promotion yes. over the year. He did. We we I, promoted him. What? Uh, I I think you're onto something. I think that's entirely possible that people are just gonna be like, eh. Uh, yeah, not worth it. The the FCC website was almost it was already almost a bridge too far, <laughs> but now at the end of that bridge you're going to charge me thirty five dollars. That's I actually like think that not great. That's the FCC's point, which is uh, one of the reasons that a lot of people are so dismayed that there is this attitude where I don't have to get licensed. It's like, but you have to think that you're dealing with the government, right? Mm-hmm. And what the government, the people who run the government deal in is votes. Right. So dwindling numbers mm-hmm. means less power to hams. Yeah. We've talked about this on the podcast about the advocacy of amateur radio was most effective when there were more hams that were a part of the government, quote unquote. Right. I, I think. Um, thankfully, we've got some of some outstanding senators. In the field? Yes, they're outstanding. <laughs> that are that are going after things like symbol rate, right? We went through that with uh, I think it was Arizona. I can't remember yeah. the the senator or congressperson uh, name, but yeah, it, they still exist. We're, there's still advocates out there. We love that. But Nate, you might be you might be onto something. But you might also be onto something. And I I might have to reach out to that guy and be like, don't give up the dream, <laughs> don't give up the extra, keep it keep it going, um, from one YouTuber to another. Well, I do really, the $35, not ideal, but even if you're not a ham right now, I really think that just for the sake of the hobby, if it's something you're interested in, go get licensed. Yeah. Just just get your foot in the door, get the license so that there's at least a preservation of a hobby mm-hmm. that you will one day be interested in or actually need right wouldn't that be crazy that i reach out to him he's like yeah let's do a video amateur radio in the 1800s <laughs> it's a tin can no it's and a string it's like full spark gap <laughs> like illegal to transmit spark gap that'd be hilarious all right well thank you so much nate, you, nate for uh being a wonderful contributor on the voicemail this week uh, Nate did bring up the HRCC podcast channel. I want to make a really quick note. Um, mm-hmm. Our our thoughts are with the community that's uh, over in Germany, uh, DO7JZ. 
mm-hmm. in Germany brought up that there was a significant amount of damage from flooding. So apparently uh, in Germany, there's been uh, a significant amount of flooding because they've had more rain than ever recorded. The storm started uh, around Christmas. It looks like the dams are filled. So uh, our thoughts are with Germany and all of the states in uh, in the U.S. too. Yeah, there's rampant flooding going on right now. And tornadoes and... Tis the season. I mean, this is this is the season where a lot of this happens. Yeah, it just, doesn't it feel like more though? It, it seems like it's happening so often in so many parts of the country and the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were, we've had a, a number of earthquakes. They haven't created severe damage, but this is right. probably more earthquakes close to us than I have remembered in the past, like two decades. Mm, yeah. And then everything going on in Japan with the tsunamis and... Which are earthquakes. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope everybody's out there staying safe, being prepared. Yep. I, as we're closing up the voicemail annex, I forgot to mention at the announcements portion of the show, I will be in uh, Provo, Utah next weekend for the emergency preparedness radio camp that we're doing with Fieldcraft Survival. It is a Friday afternoon and all-day Saturday event. If you go to Fieldcraft Survival's website and you go to classes, specifically select Provo, that's the new headquarters, and you go to next Friday, Saturday on the schedule, uh, you can sign up to go. It's not free, let me tell you. They're charging, so don't, don't, don't worry if you can't go. But if you're interested in something like that, it is being scaled specifically to different skill sets. There are multiple people oh. doing, we're going to be doing, I am going to be doing as much hands-on and demonstrations as I can. There will be tutorials and all that, but it's going to, we're going to aim for it to be from the very beginner all the way up into the more experienced. Actually, the sky's the limit, really. We'll, we'll try to go wherever the, the people want to go. So if you're planning on going, I believe there's a survey that's going out or went out. Please fill that out. Provide us information so that we can do the best we can. So with that said, we're closing up the voicemail annex, and we're going to start to climb the email tower. Special note, 1D07JZ, who you mentioned, uh, is actually the person who made this drop. Fantastic. Hello, hello, welcome to the tower, hello, hello. Welcome to the tower. Leia's reading your emails and Josh is going on a tangent. Thank you for your email. We hope you like it here. So we hope you're so doing cheerful. the best. You're, you and your family and everybody is. Uh, yeah, is he safe. said he was. He was uh, over in Hamburg or where Hamburg, not Hamburg. Ham- <laughs> he was in Hamburger. <laughs> in Hamburg. So he's all prepped up with food. He's good. <laughs> We're riding the we're riding the hamburger through the flood. <laughs> we're a little worried, safe but in I gotta tell yeah. you, it's delicious. <laughs> Staying it's like cloudy with a chance of meatballs. <laughs> yeah, that's where'd you get the giant hamburger? <laughs> Hello, it's called Hamburg, Germany. <laughs> what do you think we're known for? Or of course, not known. <laughs> for American style hamburgers as we're joking right now. All right, it's time to climb the tower. 
If you'd like to send us your emails, you know, make them about ham radio. But again, we, we hope to hear from you on the movie, uh, the movie watching club. Tell us about your journey in ham radio. If you got any questions, we'll do our best to answer them. And if you'd like to send us a merch idea, this podcast largely funded through your help and buying merch over at hamtactical.com. So if you come up with a cool merch idea and we like it and we put it on the website, we'll make one and we'll send you one for free. So thanks for that. And it is Leah at hamtactical.com where you forward those emails. So thanks a lot. All right. Well, the first email is titled Review, and this oh. comes from Josh KK7MHF. Just wanted to drop a review of the podcast. Thank, Thank you. you so much. I tried to do it on Apple, but it kept kicking me out. <laughs> yeah, apparently that's the what's been going on. You probably said something that hurt somebody's feelings on iTunes. <laughs> I mean, that's that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did I think I had mentioned I, I dated somebody who was responsible for the app store. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's just a, a long time fun little ago. drop. <laughs> So who knows, really? <laughs> I am a new ham and got my tech ticket in May of 23. Congratulations. Congratulations. I will be taking the general test on the 17th of January, oh. 2024. Good luck. I really enjoy the podcast. It has helped me understand the radio world so much more and helps with the commute. Well, Good. Thank you. That's, Glad to be of service. That's two birds. For the record, the CW Lounge needs to stay. Oh, I agree. It's one of the Sting's arts of radio. Thanks for the awesome podcast. Excellent. Josh, KK7MHF. Well, thank you so much, Josh. For... From one Josh to another. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and congratulations again. Good luck on your general. And the next email is titled, Y'all Forgot to Ring Tone for Jarrett. And this comes from Bo, KJ7, MLY. I enjoy your podcast and listen to it every week. I noticed that on the January 5th, 2024 episode, you didn't do the ringtone sound for Jared, age <gasps> 13, who emailed you about Jared. getting his tech license. I'm sorry, Jared. Here you go, buddy. If you're listening. If, if our lack of ringtone meant you never listen to the podcast again, I apologize. But thank you so much and congratulations. I just wanted to let you know, uh, also, I wish I had his $1,100 radio budget. <laughs> Thanks for right? doing a great show and keep up the good work. Bo, KJ7, MLY. Bo, thank you. Thanks for keeping us honest. Yeah. <laughs> with I appreciate weird it. Weird world that we've created with this podcast. All right. The, the next email is titled, Poor Little Ignored Review. <laughs> And this comes Aww. from Chris. Oh, no. And that's AA7CW. Uh, Hi, Josh and Leah. I have been hesitant to say anything about this because I didn't want to sound needy. But in your last podcast, you sounded so sad about not receiving any reviews for the last four weeks. I, I was. I, I, I know I shouldn't care about the reviews. I shouldn't. But I really... How? Did I miss it this do, one? It does make a difference to me. I don't know why. <laughs> because I mean the emails are great. We you know, and the HRCC podcast channel, I don't I don't know what it is about the reviews. I'm literally looking at it. And if I miss this, we should probably read it right now, but go ahead. I thought I should go ahead and let you know about this because you sound at least as needy as I am. 
truth. Layers, yes. Yeah. I left a review for the HRCC podcast in my Apple app on December 16th that for some reason has been overlooked. Poor, lonely, unappreciated, overlooked little review. So if you could check and see, you may find it, and then we'll all be happy. You, me, and the poor little review. <coughs> Thanks for your great work on the show, AA7CW, Diamond Poda Hunter. Mm. I like that. I That's think we good. just read it now, right? Yeah, go okay. for it. So AA7CW, Chris writes, it's my favorite. Oh, thank you, Chris. The HRCC podcast is a weekly lighthearted romp through all sorts of topics with an overarching theme of amateur radio. We're like the LaCroix where the flavor is amateur radio. (laughs) We're adjacent. (laughs) In recent history, its topics have included ham radio, scouts, camping, electric pickup truck, food, kids, cargo straps, adult beverages, life schedules, Parks on the Air, the CW Lounge, in parentheses, my personal favorite. Oh, wow. Summits on the Air, Vacations, Hamfest, Foxes, Field Day, Preparedness, Adam. Study for general <laughs> license. It just says peppers, but I think he meant preppers. Crows. I like that. It's just Adam. It's just Adam. That's the topic. Glamping, QRP, VHF, UHF, camping, which... Did he say camping? We do we talk did. about camping. We did. Decent yeah, so, <laughs> suburban social media drama, nicknames <laughs> of state residents, and the list continues to grow. Penamites. That's, that's pretty. Penamites. <laughs> yes. My that's, favorite. Uh, that's a pretty good summary, Chris. Thank you. This is a very good example of what ham radio operators would call a good rag chew. Every episode is packed full of facts and laughs. I highly recommend it for hams and the ham curious. Beware, you might become addicted and find yourself eagerly awaiting each Friday morning so you can hear their latest episode. Each episode is of indeterminate length. Sometimes you can spend whole Saturday listening to Josh and Leah while you go about your chores or hobbies, one of which should be ham radio. And that (laughs) is from Chris, AA7CW, Diamond Poda Hunter. Thank you so much, Chris. That's a glowing review. Fantastic review. Much appreciated. Sorry for the neglect we threw upon you. I don't know what happened other than like, I cannot tell you how bad the end of our year was. (laughs) Just getting sick. (laughs) Everything screwed up. Like it, it, like it was a lot of fun. Like we, we were all together, so it was great. But like we were all going through it. (laughs) Like we were all going through it together. Yes. And the fact we still put out the we we didn't miss a recording, right? No. I That's pretty wild. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway. Thanks for everybody. Thanks for listening through the coughs. Yeah, that that's yeah. working with us through all this and and we do appreciate you. Thank you. The next email is titled Book of Eli Conspiracy Theory? What? And this comes from Joshua, not you, Joshua, a different I Joshua. I wrote in. Howdy, Leah and Josh. I'm Joshua, and I hail from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Okay. I'm a fire and EMS captain for our local fire department. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Excellent. Thanks for doing what you do. One of our things we do at the firehouse in the fire in the fire engine going from call to call is discuss conspiracy theories. <laughs> oh, this must be a hoot. And boy, oh, howdy, there are some good ones. Since the HRCC clan is going through disaster movies, I want to bring up the one book of Eli. Mm -hmm. As we all know, for those who haven't seen it, the film was released in 2010 and is a post-apocalyptic story where the most sought after possession is a book, the Bible. The Bible. 
At 37 minutes and 25 seconds in, pause the movie and look at the poster on the wall. It's a poster for a film called A Boy and His Dog. Oh. And at the top, it says the year is 2024, a future you'll probably live to see. What? Yeah. I mean, if if you focus on that battery technology alone, that doesn't exist. So I assumed it happened in our future, the war. Okay. Or the, the bombs. Was this the year 2024, the beginning year preceding the apocalypse My slash is, collapse? Yeah. Yes. You be the judge. I I, yeah. I believe it would be, yes. It's foreboding. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I totally would believe. Because Boy and His Dog is, is a book, right? Fairly popular book. Yeah, and I'm going to show you a picture. Oh, he's got it? Yeah. He screenshot it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Let's this do that. This is the poster. Yeah. This is it in the background oh. here. But this is a close-up of the poster. I will drop oh, these no. pictures. So the, the book, A Boy and His Dog, I think happens in the year 2024. Oh. Well, I will drop these pictures that uh, Joshua has secured for us in the HRCC podcast channel of the Discord. Oh, no. This was a film. I was thinking of something else. And yeah, so... This movie was made in 1975, and the poster says the year is 2024. Gotcha. So mm, you can shoot down that conspiracy theory. Okay. <laughs> I, we don't know when the, the, the bombs started flying in the Book of Eli, but again, that battery alone tells me that, like, I don't think that thing existed, so I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Unless I missed it. I mean, the iPod's not even in production anymore, so. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, uh, the soap bar yeah. iPod. Well, Joshua signs off. Thanks for all you beautiful humans do for the hobby. Stay safe. Thank you so Thank much. You, Joshua. And also, I want to take a quick moment to say hi to Wiz, Joshua's daughter, who oh. is listening to the podcast well, with you. him. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much, Wiz. And I hope you have a great week. All the best, Joshua. Thank you, Joshua. That's fantastic. I love it. I love that so much. The next email is titled Disaster Movie Recommendations. And this comes from Eric Casey1REQ. Hi, Leia. I have a couple of recommendations for less known uh, and or underrated disaster I'm, movies. I'm going to let you finish, but there's a link in the podcast <laughs> show notes that you can click on and submit these and vote for the ones you like. Everyone listening. The first is a black and white movie from the 60s about a nuclear holocaust called Panic in the Year Zero. Nice. I hadn't heard of that. Nope, I haven't. And if if you, if you want me to add it, I guess I can add it. Um, Are you but saying might, that or he's saying that? I'm saying that. Okay. Uh, it might take me a minute to add it. <laughs> it's going to be a minute. Yeah. The second is Miracle Mile, where Anthony Edwards answers a random payphone and discovers that a nuclear strike is inbound. Both are good in different ways and are much less known than more contemporary films. I know of the latter, but I've never watched it. All right. And that's Eric Casey one REQ. Thank you so much, Eric, for those recommendations. I love it. That's uh, I do like old movies, so I, I'm trying to figure out a way I can get the kids to watch Gone with the Wind, and I think oh it's gonna have to wait goodness. until next year because of the uh, Civil, Civil War, War aspect. 
and then it'll be suddenly relevant to Ben. If you thought Killing in the Flower Moon was long. Oh, yes, we watched that, too. Which, crazy, this has been a crazy week for us watching movies. Uh, we also watched that. We stayed up way too late watching that That's one. true. That was yeah. fantastic. I'm not sure why you put that on. I don't know. Out of nowhere, but. It was after the uh, after chat. That's a true story. Yeah. Well. Wild true story. All right. So the next email is titled Loud Noises, and this comes from Jake. Hmm. This. <laughs> okay. And that's Jake, K-I-5-Q-X-J. I hope y'all are feeling better from last week. I kind of am. I, I feel like I've... I feel better. I just got the crud. I think I've actually hit a state of uh, equilibrium. I'm worried that this is just how I'm going to feel for the rest of my life. We call that acceptance? Yeah. <laughs> is this forever? Yeah, exactly. I have been meaning to send an email about that topic for a while, but something comes up and I send an email about something about something like that. Generally, that is ham radio related. Yeah. This pertains more to the podcast. Mm. I normally listen to the podcast at my desk at work. There's only one other person that I work with in the warehouse. I don't use headphones because we're not allowed to. I like to have the volume up at a good level so I can hear y'all over the heaters or fans. Getting to my point, when I get up from my desk to go do something, I pause the podcast. Without fail, probably 90% of the time, when I come back to my desk and hit play, it's always Leia laughing at something full volume. I'm sorry. I always find it funny that this happens to me. It's a good thing that Leia's laugh is always great and filled with joy. Just to, Still, still just scares to, me to no get out. <laughs> <laughs> suddenly laughter, laughter coming from a 90% volume <laughs> oh no sorry to the person who works with Jake the only ham radio topic I have this week is that I got a cup holder mount for my Wushan KG UV 9 DP nice why does the radio need a cup holder so it doesn't bounce around and get all scuffed up oh this is <laughs> You thought that the radio had a tiny little cup holder? <laughs> That's a good attachment to put on radio. It has a tiny little cup holder for its tiny little Stanley. <laughs> okay. You got to go to HRO to get those. So you get a cup holder to put the radio in is what you're saying. As opposed to the completely <laughs> ludicrous logical path you were going down i was thinking to myself it doesn't seem smart to put liquids near your radio but okay your tiny little ham radio stanley has dielectric grease in it with a little straw that goes into the radio <laughs> yeah. so it can take a little sip every time it needs a little dielectric grease no i was thinking it's a cup holder oh, i'd love to know what you're thinking. you attach to the radio so you can hold your coffee while you're operating so like, it's a full-size cup holder. Yes, for humans to drink a beverage. Okay. So there was this old Corrected. meme. Corrected. There's this, <laughs> this old meme that I used to run. It was it was uh it was called the coffee talkies. Okay. And it was like uh the old metal coffee beverage with the black handles, and it had an antenna coming out of it and the face of a radio on it, and uh -huh. it was two people. They were like walkie talkies that were also mugs. <laughs> coffee talkies nice nice that seems like that's the way we're going <laughs> attaching a linko to the front of a stanley 
Yeah, that would be that's the way right there. I I'm intrigued now by your idea. That's something that I could possibly like 3D print. <laughs> but again, I'm going back to I thought we were trying to avoid beverages. Well, you know my radio. whole you know my whole like normalized ham radio. Like when I go out, I wear an HT on my backpack yeah. or whatever. Wouldn't it be better though if I just had my my coffee cup in a cup holder, <laughs> which then had my radio affixed to it, if you will? Okay. You're on to something right. here. Well, Jake continues, now I need to buy a new mobile antenna. I'm probably going to go with the Comet B10NMO that Josh made a video on Good. a while back. Hope y'all have a great week. Hope you do too, Jake. Thank you all for all that y'all do for ham radio and making the world a better place. Thank you, Jake. Oh, that's, that's very nice. nice. Thank you. P.S. The disaster movie section is my new favorite part of the podcast. Yay! Wow. All Dethrone right. that CW no, laugh. No, never. Never dethrone. 73KI5QXJ. Thank you so much. Yes, indeed. The next email is titled Better Investment, Call Signs, Vain, or Bad Money. Oh. And this comes from Matt. Happy New Year. Couple of quick questions. Where do you think $250 is better spent? Mm -hmm. An antenna tuner, desktop and or portable, or <gasps> rig expert analyzer? I'm into building my own antennas. Hmm. So a, a tuner, <clears throat> if we remember our radio, um, an antenna tuner, man, excuse me. <clears throat> That is not tuning the antenna. It's merely kind of like subjecting everything to the will of the tuner and providing a 50-ohm impedance to the radio. That's not making your antenna better or anything. It's just kind of working around the realities of whatever wire you're throwing at it. If you truly want to make antennas, resonant and non-resonant antennas, you know, 9 to 1, un, -un et cetera, then you probably want something like an antenna analyzer. Um, so the rig expert analyzer. The rig expert analyzer, yeah. But, I mean, you could also get, like, a nano VNA and a tiny SA for the price. What do you say, $200? $250. You could get, like, both of those for $250. And then you'd have both your radio testing stuff. You'd even be able to get some attenuators for that, too. And you do need attenuators. You could you could get some pretty decent tools. Again, um, you you would be able to not only so the downside of a, the rig expert, and it's it's not a downside. It's just the practical reality of it is, you need to do through testing if you're going to make filters and and other things like that that you you just really can't do with a rig expert. And that may be something in your future you might want to be interested in. And you generally need to have something a bit more capable to do that. So, um, yeah. Next. Mm -hmm. I've now got about the same amount of time spent researching vanity call signs as I spent studying for my extra ticket. I like the shorter calls, but have heard some memorable ones to bust pileups. Also, if I ever get into CW, the call weight is important. Mm. Any advantages you see in the two by one or one by two? My yeah. KZ4BU can sound like K04 in pileups. Any advice? So we're just talking about this, right? Mm -hmm. The If you get a vanity call, you have to think about a number of things, the number of dits and daws in each letter, mm -hmm. right? But also how different 
each letter is mm-hmm. from the next. So like if you were to do an S and a U next to each other, mm-hmm. that would be a nightmare to me. Because sure. you're like dit 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 or then and then uh dit dit da. You got it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, that can easily like run together. Mm-hmm. So to me, mm-hmm. what you've got to do if you're going to do CW and you're looking at your call sign, you've got to play it out and see whether or not those are recognizable to you as separate characters. Or if when you hear it played, mm-hmm. you are getting confused already. Yeah. So a couple of things. I don't know that he mentioned. Did he mention CW? Yes. So also, if I ever get into CW, oh, the call weight is important. So let's let's go with the single sideband first. So yeah, if you have a short call sign, some people are just mentally programmed to hear a two by three or okay. a two by two. Mm-hmm. If you go to a two by one or a one by two, then what you might what might end up happening is that they'll have copy on the call sign, but they'll come back with the uh, the Kilo Mary station. Go again. Like they'll just hear. They'll just go back with the suffix or the right. prefix, and then uh-huh. be like, "What was that station again? Again." And then you're just going to have to give it again. Sure. That's not good or bad. Um, it, it's just some folks are going to have an easier time with certain call signs over others. It's tough because you generally want to give your call sign quick, um, but you don't want to give it too quick that it all runs together. And trying to break through a pileup, you're having a really slow call sign will sometimes not be the best way to do that. But it varies. It depends on who the operator is. Hmm. It, okay. Let, well, me, let me put it this way. It's it's going to be up to whomever the operator is that's taking your call. If they're a very proficient and effective operator, then they likely will have no problem. I mean, I almost want to tell Matt to learn some CW before he chooses if, if his concern is call sign weight and being able to recognize it, mm-hmm. to like learn some CW before he chooses his vanity call. That's good. There's also websites that will do the CW weight calculation for you. Right, but that doesn't resolve the... The run together. Yeah. I know. And also, Leia, keep in mind, your experience with CW, with your Ks and Rs, for instance... Yes. Not everybody has that problem. They have their own problems, right? So, again, depending on how proficient that operator is, they're going to have their own issues with A, for instance. Sure, but for... Like the same way you have certain letters that you love and other letters that you hate that people probably don't have the same feelings about. I mean, you have some real feelings. Oh, yeah, yeah. People have no feelings about the letters. They don't. I'm I'm anthropomorphizing (laughs) Morse code characters. Like I'm learning about their private lives in my head. I I get it. I'm a wacko. I I know. But Matt, if Mm -hmm. you learn the CW first, you'll know what letters you like to transmit and hear. Versus, oh, yeah. yeah. Like a J? Oh, get out of there with the J. <laughs> get right out. So, I mean, that would be my advice. Sorry, learn, Japan. Learn, <laughs> All their calls are J-A. Oh. Maybe that's why you're not getting invited to Amcom <laughs> or Yixu in Japan. Hey, uh, <laughs> is that why? Well, you got to keep slamming J-A. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Matt signs off. Thanks for the POTA video. After trying my first activation, there's a new sense of respect and patience for all the activators. Thanks again, 73. And that's Matt, you, Matt. KZ4BU. You know the hint. It's always set up at your local park where you're not pressed for time or set up in your backyard or front yard where you're not pressed for time and just, just practice, man. Just practice. Yeah. Take the edge off. Sure. I mean, don't try to go to a state park and activate within an hour because your family is going to come back to the car. No, that's not like, a good. We're going. That's, yeah, that's not a good first way to do anything. I mean, it, don't, it's a way. Don't only buy one hour of parking lot time. I, okay. Again, much like there's some people who can hear certain letters better than people, there's certain people who are just driven by stressful situations. Maybe that is your way. Okay, Maybe only fair. buy the one hour parking. Yeah. <laughs> All right. To the to the hams that like to do AM, they're a activating. <laughs> Try to do AM plus only an hour yeah. parking. Yeah, exactly. Give yourself some more challenges. Oh, also before I forget, if you've got a fourth grader in uh oh yeah, in California, they can get a free state parks pass like a for park hopper year. for every for all the state so parks you don't you don't have to pay to get into the state parks and i think that there's something similar for fifth graders for national parks awesome <laughs> yes now edison you turn into a fourth grader <laughs> ben you fifth grade <laughs> now you fifth grade yes <laughs> really glad we saved this 35 dollars yeah <laughs> I do always just donate when I. Go I know, to, we, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we buy a bunch of stuff, like yes, whatever. You don't need another pin. All right, we'll buy you the pin. <laughs> yeah, where's the pin at? I don't know. The next email is titled "Feedback and My Intermittent Ham Journey." Or, or where's all the backings of these pins? I don't know. I threw them out of the, the, when the car was moving. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to stab my brother. <laughs> Is an intermittent ham journey like intermittent fasting <laughs> where you're clocking the amount of time between you when you make contacts? Interesting. Okay. I got to work that out in my head, but there's a joke That's... in there. <laughs> and this comes from Ronnie K7CJE. Greetings, Josh and Leah. I wanted to let you know that your podcast is by far the highest quality in terms of production and content that I have been exposed Im to. Impossible. Wow. Have you been listening the last couple of weeks? <laughs> <clears throat> as I cough, as he coughs again. That is, that is really nice. You should see how we record this bad boy. <laughs> There's a reason this is not on YouTube. There's a reason. If, 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 let me just put it this way. If Leia was like, just loved being in front of the camera, yeah. we probably still would record yes, this live. we wouldn't. Also, we would get nonstop complaints on the fact that, why does your podcast start at midnight? <laughs> standard time. What kind of animals are you? Every minute is interesting, and you both are so genuine, hilarious, and nice. Oh, that's so, thank you, Ronnie. Your podcast you. and associated banter should be mandatory listening for married couples. What? Whoa. Whew. I don't think you want. That's us giving out you advice. Know, you know what's really funny about Tune that? Tune into the next news segment. <laughs> hams helping hams, the marriage edition. 
I think we may have given Andrew bad advice. It's okay, though. It all turned out well for him. Did we? Not listening to him. Did we? Like, he didn't listen to us, and he still got a shack, so that's good. I, I think that might have been, like, Andrew kind of retold our thoughts. <laughs> Andrew's like... But uh, I wasn't going to do that. That's uh, right. bad advice. Yeah. Andrew's like, Reddit says Ada. Okay, <laughs> like they made a judgment. <laughs> the number. Of- oh, am I the? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> when you said Ada, I'm like, y- you were on weird, archaic programming languages <laughs> on Reddit. What? So the number of times I have read AITA posts, which is am I the a hole? Yeah, basically. And it, there's it's questions that. People who lack social capability, I guess, like go to the internet to solve. I mean, some of them are complex. I'm I'm not saying the situations aren't complex. I'm saying that the fact that they need to go to anonymous internet. But then when all of the responses come through and then they show the other person, the other person backs down and goes, oh, oh, my bad. It's been quite a number of times where... The subreddit has caused the other side, the non-poster, mm-hmm. to rethink their position. Again, this is bad social dealings. <laughs> this is a Rube, Rube Goldberg solution. This is a Home Alone burglar trap for solving your problems. Do you remember when Casey Neistat and Candace Poole started a marriage podcast? And I, I said to myself... No. I don't. I don't know about this one. <laughs> I So speaking of YouTubers that we binged watched, Casey yeah. Neistat took the world by storm. Mm-hmm. If you I I don't know, like I'm sure there's people who didn't watch Casey Neistat, but so many people watch Casey Neistat. Yes. And it was pretty obvious obvious that he was the force of will that was dr- like he's an unstoppable force of will. Yes. And Candace was like a a reluctant participant (laughs) like trying to ride a tornado (laughs) there were many aspects they're still married i know i know and and, you know bully to them um but i i'm assuming the conversations that they've had were like she was like stop recording this stuff like turn the camera off i'm sure there was situations like that yes they had a podcast called couples therapy with candace and casey and I don't know when it started, but it definitely ended in 2019. <laughs> well, I, I, maybe they got a year out of it. Maybe more. I don't know. I never listened to it. No. Because I remember watching his vlogs. I was like, she does not seem happy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Maybe they were going over their couples counseling because he was very open about them going to couples counseling for a long time. Yeah. So... So wow, that's that's really nice of you to say, Ronnie. Thank you. <laughs> I am a newcomer to your podcast, discovering it in December. Well, welcome. Wow, that's still high. That's even crazier high praise because we've had definitely better podcasts for quality. <laughs> I am happy there is a large backlog of content that I can listen to. Well, I'm so glad that we can be along for whatever ride you're on. I was first licensed in 1982 and quickly got my advanced license and was active for about 10 years. Wow. So that takes you to 92. Math works out. Then family and career got in the way and sufficiently They literally got in the way of his radio. They're like, no more. (laughs) No more. 
they, <laughs> they're just piling their sports gear on top of the radio. Or laundry. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. I recently saw a woman who she was cleaning her house and she had laundry on the floor of every room in the house. And finally, she just buckled down and filled all of these bags, laundry baskets, everything, and filled her car with laundry, took it to a laundromat so she wasn't waiting for her washer dryer to do one load at a time, took almost almost every single washer in the entire laundry. How much laundry? How many kids they got? A, a, A couple kids, but it was just that she was not keeping on top of it. Like it's her whole channel is about getting her house back in order after a period of time of it being in very okay. bad condition. Okay. And I was just looking at it. I was like, that's not a bad idea. She knocked all of her laundry out in three hours. And then I realized my problem is never washing the laundry. No. <laughs> she ended up donating half of the stuff that okay. she washed. So. It's quite a lot. Do you wash your clothes before you donate them? You're supposed to. Gross. You, you're not washing clothes before you put them in the. I'm donation just asking. File. I, I, you absolutely do. I'm us- when I donate something, it's usually coming out of the closet that I don't want to wear anymore. So it's right. been washed. Yes. I'm not yeah. taking dirty clothes and be like, that's somebody else's problem. Yes, you're supposed to wash it first. Anything you. Nobody has ever said that to me. Like when I donate something, they never go like, "Did you wash those?" Well, they're not. There's no, like, be kind, rewind sticker for clothes washing. It's not a rule. It's just common courtesy. Nobody wants to pick up somebody else's donated clothes that smells like B.O. Right? I mean, I don't know, man. All right. Well, Ronnie says that uh, his family and career sufficiently distracted me sure. from uh, such that my license expired well beyond the two-year grace period. Uh-oh. Yeah, it happens. Now that life is slowing down and I can see retirement down the line, my interest has been rekindled. Excellent. And has burst into a bonfire, thanks mainly to your podcast. Whoa. Well, welcome back to the hobby. Yeah. I repeated all three licensing tests in a 10-day period in November, and I'm now a proud amateur extra. So that's we, a threefer. Yeah, that's it, for sure. That's one. A two. And Congratulations. Congratulations. My dad is a ham and has been since the general license was known as a conditional. Wow. Okay, right on. Oh, that'll be a great thing to do with your dad. That's... I. Yeah. I've tried. <laughs> I'm not calling you out. <laughs> Are you talking about your dad? Oh, yeah. I thought that's what you were saying to me. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm talking to Ronnie. <laughs> I'm just standing there with my Baofeng with a tiny cup holder on the side of it trying to explain why this is a really cool thing. And he's like, I can barely hear, son. <laughs> he said, what? <laughs> I think you were looking into getting a ham radio that worked with Bluetooth. Yeah, there's there's some that exist. Yeah, but I, I, he, I can solve all the problems. I oh, you can can you? Most of the ham radio problems, I, I, I think I can get someone to a novel solution, but they've got to show the interest. Okay, it, it's kind of like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna force people. Oh, you're not. <laughs> you're different. <laughs> you decided to do a podcast with me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you did this. You chose this. Did I? Yeah. 
You did. Okay. You did. <laughs> that's, if that's what you call a choice, all right. <laughs> Ronnie says, looking forward to my ham future and taking the walk with you and the HRCC family. Oh, awesome. Best regards, Ronnie, K7, CJE, Phoenix, Arizona. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Oh, that was such a heartwarming email. It was. I really appreciate that. We're giving out a lot of uh, a lot of ringtones today. That's yeah, excellent. I, I love it. The next email is titled Podcast Topic More Than Feedback. And this comes from Mike, WX0MIK. This is our uh, VE testing uh, guru mm-hmm. over with the rest of the team, Nick and Heather and the gang. Mm-hmm. Yes. This information from the ARRL board has likely already been shared with you and Josh. You always have an interesting take on things like this. Rather than try to summarize here, I'll just share the links. I will drop these links in the show notes. Uh, So, Mike, thank you so much for this uh, deep dive. This 15-minute pause in the podcast to uh, digest. Leia did the digesting, and she's going to regurgitate it to us all right now. So there's an ARRL meeting uh, on January 19th or 20th, it sounds like. Okay. So where, this is like a board meeting. Yes. Yeah. And they have uh, three things they're voting on. One is the magazine subscription. A lot of the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of the members who like have lifetime membership or... Uh, you know, a, a specified amount of time mm-hmm. signed up with the expectation of getting the print magazines. So yes. they are in breach of contract right now. Oh, that's, ah, uh, yes, I can see that. So there's a motion to honor member contracts. Sure. Uh, then there's a motion to establish a youth dues rate. That's essentially reduced ARRL dues for persons under 22. That's okay. I think that's yep. totally fine. Yep. But then there's a motion to institute a code of conduct. Let me mention really quick too, right? You heard about this whole magazine thing? Yeah, that they discontinued the magazine. Well, they didn't discontinue they, they it. They raised you. the rates, yes. first of all. And then they... Stripped away the magazine the for print. an additional fee. Correct. It's a right. separate fee. They did this on the heels of implementing their auto pay system. Oh. Yes. So... Last year, it might have been a, it might have been the end of 2022. The ARRL set up the auto pay, auto pay, meaning if you subscribe, it's gonna try and lock you into just auto paying every year. It did it to me. It, it just took my money, sure, automatically. And then I thought you had like a lifetime membership. No, I didn't. Oh, that's the Long Island CW Club. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So um, then, and then this year they've now raised the rates and then moved the print magazine to a separate fee i see yes. very interesting yes. yes but for the people who already paid for a, a specific length of membership whether it's lifetime or anything beyond a year they prepaid to some extent right whatever right. that is so yeah. then they need to be receiving what they paid for for the perpetuity of whatever that agreement was Right. That's like if you subscribe to a Martha Stewart magazine subscription Mm -hmm. and then Martha Stewart's like, oh, you know what, though? 
I'm not going to send you the magazine anymore. Here's a link. Right. Or actually what it's going to be, it's going to be a robo-dialed phone call randomly. <laughs> recorded voice will call you and read the magazine. Actually, Snoop Dogg will read the magazine. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> Done. That's the perk I was looking for. So the the big controversial item is a uh, proposed bylaw 46, which oh, is yes. the implementation of a board member statement uh, and a code of conduct. So I got and emailed. So this is this is basically governing the board, their behavior. Right. How they can behave, not just within the dealings of the ARRL, but also their public-facing aspect. So I don't know enough about the existing bylaws. Sure. Right. This is spe speculation lights are going off right now. We're just, we're chatting, guys. Right. I have been involved for a number of years in the board of directors of a, like, 50-year-old nonprofit. Okay, so the bylaws, they do end up getting revised periodically to reflect changing times that requires a membership vote right. to, uh, to be done. And a code of conduct for board of directors is a very common thing to be in your bylaws. Correct. The fact that, uh, so I'm unclear if this was just not something that was there before. Mm-hmm. Or if it's a revision of I'm, the actions of the code of conduct. I'm guessing it's the latter. And as I was, I would be shocked if they didn't have one by this point. Right. Wouldn't yes, you think so? I, I mean, I, I would think so. And so keep in mind, on one hand, mm -hmm. the ARRL is a membership. Sure. Mm -hmm. They don't govern you at all. The individual subscribers? Like you as a ham radio operator, okay. a member, they're not yeah. governing you. You have at any time can discontinue your membership. Mm -hmm. They they don't dictate how you operate your radio. So they have and, suggestions on how you should. Sure. But they're not mandating it. They there's have no, no power there's, there's to no do power. that. There's yeah. no hand. Yeah. So you're talking about a membership in a club. Right. Okay. And the particularly complicated thing is that this club is a nonprofit, a 5013C, mm -hmm. where they are supposed to be stewards of these funds. Correct. Right? Yeah. And you have, in essence, given them this money to fulfill a certain amount of expectations. There is some stated thing that they're going to do. That right. they say they're going to do with your money. And honestly, money. in the ARRL, I don't even know what that is at this point. I, I Whatever. But the, I'm, gonna, I'm going under the guise of like there is something that they told us that they're going to do. Any group is sure. doing this. Whether it's a for-profit or non-for-profit, you, you give the money in exchange for a good or a service or both. Sure. And they're uh, they're advertising a service. And so there's some speculation in um, some other documents that were linked. I ended up going to find the actual language in here. There was some speculation that it takes a portion of the bylaws and makes them secret. That's not legal. Okay. And I'm not sure where in the proposed information that 
they are saying that there is a certain number of things that are secret. I Let, think let's also a, preface this. We are not lawyers. This is not legal advice. This is just sure, you just, going off of what you understand. Right. Your bylaws, general statement. Yeah, your bylaws have to be public. That's it's a part of being a nonprofit. You have certain uh, in exchange for the ability to not pay taxes. There are certain things you must do publicly. Right. Exactly. And not have private. And you are essentially on the board of directors, stewards of funds. Right. Right. Like you you do other things, of course. But at the end of the day, one of your major fiduciary duties is to make sure that the funds that the that this organization is managing is going towards fulfilling whatever the membership feels is the purpose of the organization. That also should be laid out in the bylaws, the purpose of the organization. Ideally. Okay. So then it gets into this. And, you know, honestly, as I was reading it, I wondered if this was just a reaction to the RIA situation, because a large part of this code of conduct is talking about conflicts of interest. Yeah. Okay. So break, summarize to your best ability what you think this is, what they're voting on. Because the RIA thing is a whole nother onion to try and unravel. We didn't really talk about that. I don't think we've ever talked about that. Did we? Really? Not on the podcast. I, th I think we at least touched upon it because it was such a hot button item. I'm sure we touched upon it, but I don't think we went. No, I think full... we had a full conversation because I was kind of on Rhea's side. And. I don't remember us talking about it on the podcast. Okay, so we're going to gloss over this, <laughs> the Rhea situation. Right. But uh, in, in the most high level, Rhea published a book. She, uh, while she was on the board of directors correct right? yeah and oh i didn't know you were going to go into the ria thing i was talking summarize the other issue but if you want to hit on this no, that's fine you brought it up you might as well i mean the gist is that ria published a book she thought she had gotten permission she, she thought she was in the she clear had gave them a heads up this mm -hmm. is you know i'm gonna do this she publishes her book and then all of a sudden there is pushback saying that's a competing publication so my best understanding is Rio went to whom she thought was the right folks to ask, to, to mention that she's doing this. Right. And she got some kind of correspondence saying, yeah, this looks okay from what you're telling me. They never okay. had the product in hand at this point. So she, assuming she's doing okay by the rules, goes off and does this publication. Again, this is what Rhea has said and, you know, what I understand. At some point, the book is produced and I believe goes to publish, like is being sold, is mm -hmm. going to retails, retailers. And that's when the AWRO gets their hand on the book, the actual product. Mm -hmm. And they go, well, this is blatantly in competition to the same books that we create right. in, this, in this area. Which is a conflict of interest. Uh, I, right. Yeah. I mean, and uh, theoretically, she did what she was supposed to do so uh, okay so then let's fast forward to now this uh proposed okay thing right so there is a board member statement mm -hmm. and basically the board members have to um annually uh review the board member statement uh stating they have read understand and agree to comply with the board member statement, I'm assuming that the board member statement is easier to revise than the bylaws. And it's not um, 
it's not uncommon to have like bylaws. What's a board member statement? Is this like, I will do this, I won't do this agreement kind of thing? Yes. So okay. the board member statement is laid out. Uh, there's an overview of what the duties and responsibilities are. Okay. Then the, uh, so uh, first is the duties of a director. Duty of care, duty of loyalty, duty of obedience, and duty of confidentiality. Those words are kind of wild. I'm not surprised necessarily because you're talking about a multi-million dollar not-for-profit. Yes. Right? So duty of care essentially means that directors must take care of the corporation by ensuring its prudent and effective use of all assets, including facility, people, and goodwill. Sure. That's I would call that like a financial. We call that a, mud, a mothership duty, clause, right? right? This is a do no harm. This then is your Hippocratic oath. This is a duty of loyalty. Directors must ensure that corporation activities are advancing its mission. They must recognize and disclose conflicts of interest. Mm. Directors must make decisions that are in the best interest of the corporation and not in the interest of the board member or any individual or entity. Uh, so. A lot of you may remember that I was uh, recently appointed to a city committee mm -hmm. and there is this is kind of the same thing that the uh, our local government anyway and our state government requires in terms of disclosures. Sure. For anybody who takes a public office, you have to disclose anything that may end up putting your financial or personal goals at odds with the organization. Right. Or you're like direct competing. That's a simple way of looking or at it. Or that you would get monetary benefit from your role. From your position. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, all corporations do this. Like everybody does this in some factor yes. or not. It's it, this. It, so, so far... The, the language is a little interesting, but... It looks like yeah. they're citing the National Council of Nonprofits for this language, though. Okay. So then the uh, duty of obedience is that the directors must ensure that the corporation obeys applicable laws and regulations, follows its own governing documents, such as bylaws, articles of association, and standing orders, and that it adheres to state corporate purposes and mission. So I think this is where the secret thing is coming in, because standing orders aren't always public. Right. And... I'm not sure who can make adjustments to like who can issue standing orders if it's literally just like one or two people can issue standing orders and then and fundamentally change like non ratified by the board. Standing exactly. Orders. Like, exactly. Okay. I mean, that like, that I think that? is. Is that a CEO, board of director, chairperson of the board? What, like right. who is that a role? Where is that? Defined? Yeah. And let's keep in mind that. There is in nonprofit organizations that are big enough, there is paid staff that keeps the organization running. Correct. Right. Same thing in government. You right. have staff that Tons keeps of staff. Yeah. And then you have electeds and electeds don't stay. There's term limits. Mm -hmm. These these are people who get elected to represent the in the case of the government, the voters in the case of nonprofits, members or donors or whatever, mm -hmm. right? And to whom the funds go. Right. And so in in a case like that, you're 
a little bit at odds. Right. Because there are people who have all the knowledge and are doing all the work, that's staff, mm-hmm. but the decisions have to be made by this elected group that's not involved in the day-to-day operations of the organization, mm-hmm. unless they're particularly good. Like, they, I know council members active, yeah. who are literally at City Hall, uh, I was a very good board member. I was involved in the operations of the organization. Mm-hmm. And so I would know when something would come up for a vote, mm-hmm. I would know what the impacts are. The vast majority of of electeds read a memo. Right. Right. And it, depending on how staff drafts the memo... Mm-hmm. You may not know what additional questions to ask or what... You don't know what you don't know. Exactly. So that's really difficult. But the board is there also for accountability, right? So that staff doesn't go off... Run amok with the money. Exactly. Right. And so I don't know who's, who's capable of issuing the standing orders. Right. But that is a fundamental problem if it's staff that can issue standing orders that then the board like supersedes the votes that the board board can right because you are essentially taking the power away from the membership uh, i'm going to assume that's not the case here but i don't, I don't know because don't know? one okay. of one of the analysis that i read was that mm. the standing orders didn't need to be ratified okay and that's that's super problematic okay that's different from a memo or even like something that goes on a consent calendar. That's just just a straight making a rule. Like right. you shall do this. Right. And then so if that's the case, then what is the point of the board? Right. Right? Okay. So then the duty of confidentiality is that directors have a fiduciary duty to maintain confidentiality to ensure candid deliberations and st- effective strategic and tactical planning. Okay. So uh, I saw somebody's analysis on this too, that it would mean that the board of directors would not be able to discuss certain, certain things or many things, I guess. Sure. But technically, if it is something that is discussed at a board meeting, unless it's closed session and typically Closed session should really only be related to personnel issues. Okay. Like you go into closed session so that you can discuss whether or not somebody is getting a pay raise Mm -hmm. or things that would damage the working relationship between the parties. All the potentially any party. Right. That's within the working structure. But for a nonprofit, Mm -hmm. everything else is technically supposed to be open. The agenda, the minutes. Uh, so confidentiality, that's way too broad a topic. What if it's a, like a, so what if it's a lobbying something that they're trying to spearhead and that they don't want public statements to be made that potentially the HOA board could hear about? I mean, that's that's possible, too, if it's related to PR. Or whatever mission that they're working. Something where they need to be quiet about it until at least the groundwork is done. Sure, sure. 
I, this is but, hypothetical. I don't. I have no inside knowledge here. But that doesn't sit well with me either. Okay. Because you should be able to give your members like confidential statements. I mean, not to the size of the ARRL. I understand. What are they going to do? Email you? But then how do you know what they're, what they're planning on doing is actually okay with the membership? Well, if it's in the, again, in the statement of what they say they're going to do. So if lob, if, if protecting the bands, yeah. again, I'm just using that as an example, is something where they're going to spend X amount of dollars in a lobbying campaign. It would probably be a good idea to not tip your hat that you're going to be doing this lobbying campaign so that the HOAs don't take their significantly larger pools of money and make a counter lobbying campaign. Okay, well, think about the baud rate situation. Mm-hmm. Hams were split on the baud rate situation. Sure. Right. And so you have to think that's indicative of what a double or membership feels. Uh, right. That they fair, would be split. Fair. And then would the membership that wasn't in favor of lifting the baud rate restriction be okay with the ARRL using lobbying money to... Well, that's a blowback of, of the membership. But if you go back to the boardroom analysis or uh, analogy, if the board votes that that's how they feel the benefit is to amateur radio to do this lobbying campaign, then it would probably also behoove them, at least until they get it off the ground, to not say anything about it. To be confidential. Yeah, but isn't that also what's hurting the ARRL right now? Oh, nobody, nobody knows what they're working on. Right, but that's, but if okay, so let's use my example. Like in this case, this sounds like a semi. It, this sounds like a justifiable use of confidentiality, at least until you get it off the ground, and then you need to make statements that you're doing this. Blah blah blah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, now we're talking tactics, right? Sure. It may not be the the wisest tactic to go after the HOAs, but it is what a board could do and be within their fair use, sure. I think. Um, then to then how do you disclose that? Well, I mean, they've got multiple avenues to disclose that to the membership. And then they may face blowback, which I'm assuming they have. So if you have the duties, then that leads into your code of conduct, right? Because then mm-hmm. – there's a whole ARRL conflict of interest policy in here, too, that's Which, outside the duties. Okay. So, yeah, that's probably a byproduct of Rhea. <clears throat> so, so if you're laying out a, a code of conduct, mm-hmm. then the question becomes – who is determining whether or not somebody who is the judge and jury the board and i i think Th- then it goes to closed session <laughs> right and and that's kind of how it needs to be but i think that there was some speculation that uh the uh the ethics committee or whatever would be two people versus the entire board um uh, okay so then I'm assuming that the ethics committee <coughs> whoa man <coughs> okay, the ethics let me committee see. is let me kind see. of like staff that they have a document that they are vetting 
situations against and then bringing that information via a memo to the board and the board would then again guys we're speculating here we we, we don't know we, we've got there's no there's an established uh ethics committee it yes like. there is and i'm not sure who's on it so it looks like in 2022 uh the ethics committee was appointed by the board president and it consisted of three members okay uh, so that's an appointment job. That's not a staff job. Yes, but it looks like the Ethics and Elections Committee can take action. Uh, okay. To basically remove a board member. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. Hang on, let me look more closely. Violation of any ethical or legal duty by a board member may result in an investigation by the E&E based on their findings. Oh, the E&E could recommend remedial actions to the ARRL board as... Okay, okay. so it does yeah. need to go back to the board, okay. which makes sense. Okay, so on to the conflict of interest section. Uh, <coughs> Excuse me. So the purpose of this conflict and interest policy are threefold to preserve the confidentiality of business, financial, strategic, or other information, data, or plans not intended for public dissemination, which, if disclosed, could, in view of the board, harm the league. Two, protect the integrity of the decision-making process of the board so that deliberations, contributions, and decisions of the board are made in the sole interest of the league and its members collectively. And three, to ensure that no one will be eligible for or hold a board position, including board officer, director, or vice director, whose business connections are of a nature that his or her influence in the affairs of the league could be used for his or her private benefit or materially conflict with the activities or affairs of the league. Yeah. The board shall effectuate the following policies in order to further these three purposes and to fulfill the fiduciary obligations of the board members that the board members have to the league. This policy is intended to supplement but not supersede any applicable laws governing conflicts of interest in Connecticut nonprofit and charitable co corporations. Mm. So I think, I, I think that's a blanket statement. Like what, what that's, that's legalese. Like, yeah, you you throw that in there like a severability clause. Right. We have to have an out in case we do find a conflict of interest. Yeah. How like, we discover that. OK, whatever. But the ethics board would then the ethics review committee. Would no, no, no. Look I mean, the, the Connecticut nonprofit. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Oh, I, I see that last part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. Uh, so I, I do think this is uh, this is extremely tough, though. Because you're literally saying that does the ARRL sell antenna kits? Yes. Okay. And then so you have like these superstar hams that are doing lots of great work in the community, in the ham community. And because maybe they have an antenna that they build. That they would never be able to serve on the ARRL board. This seems like a, a real good way to start dwindling the number of people who are 
going to be. No, no, I, I don't think so. I, I think that there'd have to be a discussion. And I think it would be wise for everybody to bring that to the table before you start down that road. Uh, so case in point, the antenna in question is a very simple end-fed half-wave kit that the AWRL makes available. It's a kit. Sure. Right? So even if a potential board member also sold end-fed half-wave kits, if they were of some nominally different design, then I would argue that it's like, well, if I don't use the AWRL to market <laughs> or sell my product, then it's kind of like we're probably fine. Right. I have a feeling that that last one is related to the events that happened with Rhea, though. Okay, let me that give does you a, sound Does the AWRL, like AWRL sell QSL cards? I don't think so. Mm, you're sure? I don't know. I don't, I'm going to look it up while you talk. Go ahead. I mean, then theoretically, if we're looking at Amanda, mm -hmm. right, who I, she serves somewhere on the AWRL. I don't she's think she's on the board the of directors. Board, no. But it doesn't even, not executive board, board member, whatever. But I, I guess that's true. You you could potentially, yeah. So if the AWRL sells QSL cards mm -hmm. and you have somebody like Amanda who theoretically should rise up the ranks of the AWRL, she does a lot of great service for them already mm -hmm. and for the ham community, right? And if at some point she wants to be a board member, she has to cease her QSL card business? I mean, I think it would have to be a discussion. There's just a ton of cottage industry. Yeah, but again, th this would have to be a, it would have to be a discussion. Right now, n no, I I don't think that they have uh, QSL cards. Let's let's just use a real example. I think it's a better example because okay. uh, again, you're 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 talking about you're, you're making a situation where somebody is already established as doing something, so they're okay. walking in established in doing this. Okay. Rhea took a book deal to make a book. Okay. This She hadn't, I don't believe, had made books in the same sphere of influence that the AWRL is. The AWRL's primary job is publications. That's their that's their big okay. thing. That's, their, that's one of their major avenues of money making. So I'm going to read this to you. Okay. For ineligibility. If E&E determines that an incumbent board member or his or her parents, spouse or partner, children, siblings or spouses of children or siblings is engaged, that that is very far reaching, by the way. No, it's not. I filled out at work. I have to I have to, like not code of conduct, but uh, disclosure of conflict of interest. Spouses yes. of children or siblings. It includes you. Yes, me, spouse, but spouses of children. Oh, okay. siblings. Well, that's a little. Oh, I see what you're saying. Down the familiar yes. line. Okay, that's. I mean, you're literally talking about how many families are involved in ham radio together, mm -hmm. right? Okay, is engaged in an ongoing business or activity that directly, materially, and consistently competes with an active program, business interest, or activity of the league on continuing basis, or which engages regularly or periodically in commercial business transactions with the league, and to that application of any of the three levels of recusal. Um, well, there's a whole recusal section that is okay. fine. Uh, there's like, so in an instance where there is a conflict of interest, and like, for instance, at the Chinese school, there's lots of Chinese teachers that also teach somewhere else mm -hmm. or are part of another Chinese organization. Right. 
Um, and if there is a vote being made on that, then those people have to recuse themselves from the vote. Okay. Right. So that that makes sense. Uh, and that the nature of the conflict of interest is so pervasive and continuous as to render the board member ineligible to serve or continue to serve. Right. So let's, again, let's just stick to the RIA thing for a second. I think where the problem came, and again, this is all just from the information I have, and this is all speculation, that the ARRL didn't see the book until it went to public, when it was published. It was okay. only after it was being sold that they got a copy of it and realized this is competing with us. Okay, but I mean, the... I think that you you're right, but there's a lot of ambiguity here. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not done. I'm not done. Okay. I believe that this, at least some of this, as written, is to button up some of that. Sure. I don't point blame anywhere except for the policies and rules that were defined when this situation happened. It sounds like Rhea followed the steps that she understood existed. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the AWRL not requiring to see the product, whatever it is, an antenna, yeah, a QSL she, card, she already or a to book. Printing the book. If they did not require to see that book before it went to publish, to print, to sale, then that's on them. Mm. But then at the same time, now what do you do? Because you have Rhea on the board. The board spends a lot of time talking about the publication arm, their money-making arm of what they do. So she sure. has to recuse herself in all those discussions because now she's technically in that market. She's She is a potential competitor. And if she had the so business So then Gordo could never be Hypothetically not. No, yeah, yeah no. So you could never be on the board. Jason could never be on the board. I don't know if I couldn't be on the board. Why should I be on the board? Because you have an uh tech prep and general prep series on yeah, your I YouTube do videos. channel. <laughs> what? They don't make videos. Yet. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yet. I'm kidding. Let, let me let me finish where I was going with this though. Now I see you got me all sidetracked. That's my job. <laughs> there is information that one could gleam just from being in that room of where certain books are very profitable and where certain books aren't as profitable. Right. So if I was someone that was not a savory person on the board, I could just be making notes of all the books that I should rip off that mm. the AWRL makes, right? Sure. So again, and I'm not, I'm not, nobody's pointing any blame here. This is just us looking at this with different pairs of eyes, right? I think it's crazy that the AWRL would have anyone sitting on the board that produces an adjacent product that they don't look at first. Sure. So the company I work at, the aerospace company, you have an agreement that if you come up with an aerospace product that is in the sphere of influence, that company has basically right of refusal to not use it in some capacity. Mm -hmm. You can't just go to market and create your own offshoot company using the information you possibly gleamed at the time of working at that company. Right. I'm not proposing Rhea did this. I'm just saying that 
it is crazy for me to think that the ARRL did not already have things like this written somewhere. And they weren't just following the game plan. Okay. I think this is, in part, I think there's some other stuff in there that's questionable, is buttoning up that game plan. Okay. That's what it looks like to me. Do you feel differently? No. I think you're right on. So, Mike, uh, in response to your question, what do well, we Well, Mike, think? you did it. That's... <laughs> The uh, code of conduct, I think, is uh, or the conflict of interest policies, I, I think, a little bit far reaching. Uh, I think that uh, a lot of this other stuff is, like Josh said, them needing to uh, come more up to date, especially as like, there's just, again, so many cottage businesses sure. in the hobby. Yeah. And. and Again, there but it is a also mm, oh oh, okay. but it also reads a little, <clears throat> a little bit the A walling themselves off. Whereas, like I feel like the spirit of Ham is for us to all support each other in like oh you made a a great antenna let's talk about the antenna mm -hmm. right like let's uh, let's encourage this yes. But right. I, I don't think that this is preventing that. I think it's just saying this is our, our game plan if we do find you are in conflict. And yeah, someone on the board could not like your face one day mm -hmm. and say, I'm going to use this to get you kicked out of here. 100%. But, that, but that's the reality of anything. Like that's, that, that is the true reality of how this stuff works. But that's how sad hams do. I don't disagree, but it, there's a long lineage of some sad ham shenanigans that have happened on the ARRL board historically. I'm not going to get into any of that drama. I'm just saying, like, this has to exist, right? Yes. Because otherwise, you get the sad ham in the opposite direction that's going to use the information that could be gleaned from the ARRL board as a position of, of power, of, of knowledge, to compete directly against the ARRL. So the other thing I am going to recommend as we wrap this up, if you are an ARRL member and you care about this particular thing, mm -hmm. uh, is that you go straight to reading the text. I'll oh, drop yeah. the... Please read uh, this. Don't just assume we're right because we're not. We're It's like 2 a.m. here. It, well, plus a lot of this stuff is up to interpretation. Right, of course. Right. And... I'm going to go ahead and link. Uh, they've compiled like all of the documents related to this on QRZ on a thread. So I will drop a link to uh, QRZ's thread on this. Uh, and there have been some really great analyses made by a number of different hams who, who are a little bit m more passionate about this than I think. <laughs> I am. Uh, <laughs> so Probably, yeah. And, no way. <laughs> so please read the text before you start reading other people's analyses because you, their analyses will color. It's an editorial. The we, we way just, that yeah. you read the actual text and then come up with your your own opinion about that and, mm -hmm. then, and then go read what other people are saying and see whether or not you think that that's a reasonable assessment. Right. Remember, kids, the news is reporting on the event. Right. An editorial is when someone then takes the event and adds their personal feelings and opinions to it. We are editorializing what this is about based off of our own personal knowledge. It's up to you to decide what you believe. 
So uh, that's Mike signs off with what's with people in power trying to grab more and more power. That's more of a rhetorical question. I, I hope everybody what what do we what do we try and do here is push objectivity. Is that what we're trying to do here? Well, we always bring, <laughs> I always bring up the word. I love the word objectivity. You can't have an organization like the AWRL and run completely open book. You also have to follow specific laws and create your own rules in which you don't get yourself in trouble by potential bad actors. And sometimes, not just that, though. You you know that the membership for the AWRL is mm-hmm. is waning. And so they probably have significant budgetary issues that they're looking at. And so they have to defend their streams of revenue. Right. Because they do have to be good stewards of the organization and the funds in that organization. Yeah. And and let me let me finish with this. Let's assume, regardless of what your opinion is based on the RIA story, assume for a second that at no point Rhea wanted to do anything nefarious. She was I don't simply, think she did. I, I, I'm, I, I think so, too. But let's assume for a second, I want everybody to do this exercise with me. Let's assume that she wasn't doing anything nefarious and she just happened through following what she thought was the correct way and being told by people that were um, nominated for positions that she was doing it the right way. And then they all realized collectively, oh, this is actually a problem. People could find themselves in conflicts of interest with a high level board without meaning to be. Yeah. It's... you can get to this position purely unintentionally. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Right. So if what they're doing is what they feel is best to button up this so that this doesn't happen again, mm-hmm. because honestly, regardless of whatever the intentions were. Well, I think of the book that Steve could write. <laughs> right. Because regardless of whatever anyone's intentions are, and let's assume both parties had completely benign intentions. Yes. Throughout all of this, what has happened as a blowback of this isn't great. The mudslinging back and forth and the comments that I've heard and all this stuff, like it's not great. There's just it's no benefit good. of the doubt being right, especially between people who have served on a board together. Right. And I, I feel like that is, again, what happened after the fact. Yeah. But if you assume that everything was not intentional, negatively intentional, then, OK, whoops, we got here. Let's fix this so this doesn't happen again. Yeah. Okay. The, the, I just, right. I, I think that's main, mainly what they're doing, but I don't know the rest of it. I, I haven't looked into it deep enough. So there you go. And that's uh, from Mike, <laughs> WX0MIK. Thanks so much, Mike. For... Thanks so much, Mike. <laughs> You're the best. Mike really is the best. Yeah. So. That's I can't be so mad. <laughs> The next email is titled, Leave the World Behind and Cough Button. Uh, This comes from Ryan K0CTR. Leave the cough button behind, am I right? (laughs) Dear Josh and Leia, greetings from the single-digit Denver metro area. Yep, we're in in a minor polar vortex of some sort. Oh, I'm so sorry. But that is okay. This is Colorado after all. 70 degrees one day, negative five the next. Yep. That's what makes Colorado and a few other select Rocky Mountain region states so special. Hey, did you see the video I sent you? As they tell you all the time. Did... <laughs> when you go to Colorado. <laughs> did you know that Colorado Springs has more sunny days than Southern California? <laughs> I didn't know that until I got off the plane here. And then everyone has told me that. I'm just kidding. Love Colorado Springs. 
Uh, did you see the video uh, I sent you of the woman in Canada who was pouring out hot water? And I sent it to you to see if you thought it was CGI. Or they if, throw it up in the air and it turns to ice no, or whatever? No, she poured it in a spiral and it formed a spiral as it was pouring out. Is that really how cold it can be? Instantaneous freezing I of hot water? I think that's water? possible. I think so. Wow. That's, that's cold. All right. Several things I wanted to share. One, I hope you both are feeling better. Oh, well, thank you for the concern. I, We're definitely better. Still cruddy, but... I will be sending a care package of sorts soon. Oh, that's so nice. So, Josh, heads up on that for your weekly post office run. Cough button. Don't worry about it. Coughing may offend a few severely obsessive, compulsive folks out there. But for the majority of us, hearing Leia cough is like hearing her laugh. It makes us smile. Oh, thank you. Well, you'd be doing a lot of smiling in our house the last couple of weeks. <laughs> Two, keep the world behind or leave the world behind. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes we wish we could both leave and keep the world behind us. <laughs> I did go ahead and watch the first 40 minutes of the movie. And oh. while it was nice to see Julia Roberts again and see that sweet, awesome smile of hers, the movie overall rubbed me the wrong way. As From did a lot of people. A large oil tanker running aground to a commercial aircraft crashing in the same spot. And even the stupid deer thing they did. I was shaking my head. And after about the 10th F-bomb was dumped in the movie, I shut it off. Not impressed. Let's face it. Unless the pilots of the aircraft were dead, as well as the ship's and or tanker's crew, there was no way they would crash like that. No way. Oh. So many redundancies in place, including visual lookout from the bridge of the ship. You can't hack a modern day commercial airliner to crash like that either. They were made to be able to fly without most of the computers and navigational equipment working. As as for the deer, mm. well, let me just leave it at yes, deer, whatever. But hey, I tried watching it and I always give a thumbs up to ham radio being mentioned or seen in movies. So kudos there. Okay. Ian, I understand your perspective. I, I do. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. And and I don't think you're wrong. At well, all. I, I do think okay. Josh is so about to tell you that. Whatever whatever took out comms, so they took out all the satellites, they took out all the cell phones. I hope everybody understands that most commercial aircraft is no longer fly by wire. It's all fly by wire. Oh really? There's no mechanical controls in, in commercial aircraft anymore. Are you sure? Yeah. What about in a catastrophic failure of a There's computer system? Systems. There's redundant computer systems. So what if whatever took out the satellites and the cell phones took out all the computer systems? Yeah, that's possible. Okay. Yeah. Well, now I'm more uncomfy. Three. <laughs> I, yeah. Come <laughs> is, on, guys. Is the Ham Nation live stream no longer being podcasted or is Ham Nation even still around? It is definitely still around. Okay. Yes. So it is podcasted via the YouTube podcast platform, which is a YouTube playlist. So if you go to my Ham Radio Crash Course YouTube channel and you go to playlists, uh, there is actually there's also a link on uh, hamradiocrashcourse.com that you can find it. It is both in video and audio format. Fantastic. The last podcast I see in Apple Podcasts is from the early part of 2023. That's because YouTube just doesn't play nice with the rest of the podcast hosts. Yeah, I, I, I frankly don't have the time to do the live stream 
then download it, edit it, and then re-upload it as a standalone podcast. So I'm letting YouTube do the podcast thing. I am unsure if you can pull an RSS feed off the playlist. You might be able to. I will look that up, actually, while we... I greatly enjoyed listening to it in my drives all over the place, so please let me know what's going on there. I love hearing you, Gordo, Amanda, and the rest of the team. By the way, we in Colorado are very proud to have Amanda as our ARRL Colorado section manager. That's because Amanda's amazing. She does such an awesome job. Occasionally, she, along with her husband, Jeff, will do a joint ARRL Nets together, and it's fun to hear them both. I'm looking forward to utilizing her talents for when the time comes for me to purchase my first QSL cards. Yes, please support Amanda because she she does so much for ham radio, honestly. Are you going to? Yes. No, I agree. Amanda is amazing. Um, please, yeah, utilize her QSL service. Are you looking something up? Yeah, I, okay. I did look it up. You, you can get RSS feeds for playlists and now that they are parlaying the video playlist into actual pod podcasts the hammer new crash course playlist has not changed since i took it over and so you should be able to find it that way all right four leia i'd like to challenge you to something oh uh -oh. go ahead and try you taking the general test now i mean it no i can't <laughs> uh, i have a good hunch you'd pass i wouldn't <laughs> i'm on sub element g3 that's Keep up the good work with the Morse code. Well, not so great today, but thank you, Ryan. <laughs> Just remember, slow and steady wins the race every time, as Dave Ramsey likes to say. Th thank you. That's very encouraging, and I appreciate that. On the topic of Dave Ramsey. Uh-oh. So I used to be a very big Dave Ramsey fan. I like to just to listen until recently he kind of laid into one of his callers who was basically explaining that they spent like $24,000 a year on um, child care. Oh, wow. I mean, and he said, get there. He, he said, that's like, that's unnecessary spending or something like that. You, they should be at a cheaper daycare. And it was just so completely out of touch. Right. Because 25000 is... Kind of normal. If you're talking infant care, mm -hmm. that's... Yeah, you can get there. Oh, easily. Because that's what? $2,000 a month. And in a lot of areas of the country, that's what infant care costs. You know? So, especially... Yeah, so $2,000 somebody... a month. Well, something happened during the panoramic. $500 a week. Yeah. I mean, something happened during the panoramic, and it was that a large number of child care centers closed. Mm-hmm. Because they just couldn't, you know, sustain being closed for the amount of time that they were closed for. And then they couldn't find staff. Right. Everybody, please put this into perspective. There are people who have a requirement to drop their children off earlier than normal school starts and pick them up way later after normal school ends. Right. Because they have careers. And well, no, I mean, those some people, people are working are, multiple jobs. Like Yes, those people are going to pay a lot more money for their care. Yeah. And uh, it, it doesn't become free when they go to public school because they still have to figure out what to do for the hours before and after school. Yes, and, but it you're also exists. talking about kids from, what is it? I mean, parents go back to work if 
even if you stack the time for parental leave, the father for 12 to 14 weeks and the mom for 12 to 14 weeks, you're still at max 28 weeks, maybe a couple more weeks for a C-section. And and that's just in California. I mean, there's a lot of states that don't even have like uh, the disability insurance right. that's required in California. Right. Also, like, keep in mind, the the younger the kids are, the more expensive it is. Yes. Diapers, all that stuff. So like, that's, that is a, that's not impossible to get yeah. to. I don't know where that person was. But again, you're talking about a very specific instance of Dave Ramsey. Yeah. He still has generally good information for people that are in debt. No, I just feel now that he's completely out of touch. Oh, I see. That 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 was the that was the straw. That was the straw that I both... mean his his job is to <laughs> be up to date in what's happening in finances and it's Oh, that's and true. It, yeah. And it rings back to the uh, the people who just give bad advice in general like, "Oh, you know, just Give up your avocado toast and, and coffee. And I mean, yeah, sure. Then you'll buy a house. Yeah. That's just not realistic with housing prices. Sorry, either. Leah, did I tell you my new scheme? It's uh, buy low, sell high. <laughs> so it's a money. It's a money maker. There are so many new creators mm -hmm. uh, on the various apps where they deep dive into budgets. Oh, there's a there's a YouTube channel that I've been like absolutely insane watching. It's this guy who he he, he shares shames them. He tears yes, apart. I know uh, exactly. Like millennials. Yeah, he's got uh, glasses, and then and the people who come in are just insane. Like they don't even have jobs, like, but they're the spending. <laughs> yeah. Butterfly rehabilitation specialists and uh, stay at home <laughs> astronauts. Yeah. So I think that there are a lot more realistic. Uh, personal finance gurus out there now that because of the democratization of content yeah that you you don't have to just listen to dave ramsey anymore there's a lot of very financially people who are teaching financial responsibility in a way that's much more realistic to what we pay now because to dave ramsey he's he's so wealthy yeah, yeah, yeah. that he has no concept anymore of what <coughs> things cost Yes, that is a, a reality that happens if you and, do something but the, long enough. But and in the other way, which feels like feels dirtier, I think. Like if it's you're you're so wealthy, you think that things cost more. But it's like no, no, no. You're wealthier, but you think that the people who have less money than you are living too high on the hog. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> How dare you have a place that takes care of your children? So yeah, not not a fan of Dave Ramsey anymore. Sorry, Ryan. I I appreciate the sentiment. Though. Again, we're we're really hitting yeah. the uh, the tangents here. Yeah. Well, yeah, that applies to financial stuff, but also Morse code when learning. Don't try to rush it. That's true because I had a real setback today. Well, that's all for now. Please stay safe and warm, and at least make an effort to stay healthy. Thank you, Ryan. You too. Eat yes. more Red Robin steak fries, drink more apple cider, and bring back the drink session to the podcast. We miss how fun it can be to get Leia drunk and occasionally Josh as well. Just kidding. <laughs> Best regards, Ryan. K0CTR. Thank you so Thank much, you, Ryan. Ryan. I love I love all the sentiments and and the opinions. Sentiments. 
The next email is titled Ham, Eggs, Antenna, and Beans. And this is Giving It the Beans Drew. All right. Yeah. Hello, Leanne, Josh, and the rest of the HRCC community. When I last wrote, I mentioned a new guy on the hand crew that was interested in getting his license. I'm happy to say he passed his test last Saturday. Go ahead. Congratulations, Congratulations to your to buddy. Ham guy. Yes. Got his call sign just the other day, and we just completed his first two meter contact through a repeater. He had to get up on his roof to hit the repeater that's six miles from him, but he was absolutely giddy. Do you call yeah. him the little bean? <laughs> that he'd have to give it to him very oh. small? He's the beanie. <laughs> he loves tinkering with things and is excited to start trying to put his first station together because we can't all use fangs forever. So you could say my ham egg hatched. <gasps> oh, good for you. Yay. Look at, look at like that. Making little hamlets. <laughs> I, I like the, um, you know, I, I love the intention of you got to get them started. Get them those, get them those, those boof wangs. But then, you know, encourage them to think about some better options. Yeah, if if it if it fits with their budgets. I Don't tell al- Dave Ramsey though. He's <laughs> he's only pro Baofeng. Yeah. You're spending too much money on those newfangled Japanese radios. <laughs> the Chinese do it fine. <laughs> I have also come into possession of a Palomar Engineers 160 to 10 meter loop antenna Leia. that's 576 feet of wire unbroken wire that is very long it is huge that i will be sorting out the finer points of getting into the air over the next month or so so stay tuned for that i have a few small purchases to make in the shack and a little more coax before i have everything i want to have in uh hand to put it up mm-hmm but I'm excited about it. I'm excited, I'm excited for, for you. you. That's yeah. Can't wait are, to see it. Those are the exciting things that like I can't do. Like that is a ham thing that I can't do. What? Put up 500 feet of oh, broken so wire. Oh, 100 you can't. Yeah. <laughs> Thought about it. But. And for now, for your non-radio amusement, a while back, something tells me it could be as much as two years ago. Now, my wife adopted a puppy. Although she gave the dog a proper name, she started addressing the dog by many fitting nicknames, as you do. Yeah. One of those names was Jelly Bean, because even though the puppy was a great Pyrenees blue healer mix, she takes more after the healer than the Pyrenees. So she's kind of small. You know, we have a very small corgi. I've been mm-hmm. told. So I feel that. That was inevitably, it seems, shortened to beans. Also, in spite of the fact that she is, quote unquote, not my dog, I am frequently told this, she has apparently chosen me. Oh, you're her person. Aww. I have included a picture so that you know I am not giving away the beans. Y'all will have to get your own beans. This beans is mine, whether... <laughs> Anyone else likes it or not, apparently. This is the puppy. I will, drop that, I will drop that picture in the show notes. I'm assuming you're okay with that. <laughs> Unless you're protecting the dog's identity on the internet. <laughs> <coughs> Thanks for doing what y'all do and sticking it out through the holiday illness. 73. And that is Drew K-O-4-T-W-Q. Thank you, Drew. Oh, I also like... Uh, your wife's choice of uh, pillows. My uh, coughing is progressively getting worse, Leah. How many more we got? All right. And now it's time. Oh, Woo. just in time. It's the fun. 
The final email is titled a sticker slash a t-shirt idea. And this comes from Alvin. Hi, Josh and Leia. I hope you both and the kids are doing well and feeling better. The kids are gangbusters. They're all, they're fine. We've just got this lingering cough. I was ecstatic to hear you both answering my email a couple of weeks ago. Well, thank you for writing yeah, in. Thank you for emailing. It made my month. Oh. The whole month. That's wow. Awesome. It's getting pretty late here in Ohio, but I hope this email arrives to you both in time for this week's podcast. You made it. Mm-hmm. I have enjoyed the new HRCC movie club segment and thought it would be a fun t shirt or sticker idea with a movie club card. The movie clubs made me think of those membership cards you would get from Blockbuster, VHS, <gasps> Rental Place. Yes. Oh. HRCC Movie Club in a Blockbuster thing. 100. This is getting made. I've attached a sketch. I figured adding a Yesu VX6X would be appropriate for the preparedness theme since it's the Navy SEALs of HTs being submersible and all. Hope you guys get a chuckle out of it. Wish you both well and hope you've had a great start to the year. 73 from Alvin. And I'm going to show you a picture. That's a it's a radio with a VHS tape. And oh, and the a little movie. hole punch thing. I things. love it. And it's Morse code. That's I love very it so good. much. That is very good. That's fantastic. I might just, if you're fine with it, I'm just going to use it and you can have a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you you did all the work here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, he even gave me the SVG file. Thank you, Alvin. Wow, that's perfect. Oh my gosh, Alvin, that's amazing. What a great email to wrap things up. Well, everybody, we're uh, definitely on the men's. I expect by next week we won't have any more problems. Um, but you know who knows? I feel a sneeze and a cough coming on. So, Leah, anything you have to mention? I just appreciate everybody so much. Yeah. Thank this you, is a, guys. This is a great one. I, I really enjoyed making this podcast, particularly this one. This was really fun. They're all fun. Guys and gals. When I say yeah. guys, that's a unisex uh, y'all, you know? Yeah. Nobody gets offended by all y'all, but. Guys. Guys. Is, yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a California thing we've got. Anyway. Well, thank you all for listening to the podcast. We have a lot of fun making it. And the fact you listen and send us feedback means a lot to us. 73. 73.